This evening with some wonderful people. I've got Frank down in Austin. Frank, how are you? Doing well, Brian. Excellent, excellent. And I've got a wonderful person sitting next to me. Someone so wonderful, I decided to uh, ask her to spend the rest of my life with her. Oh boy, this is better than the first time. (laughs) Much better. I figured I'd knock it out of the park the second time. Hey, hey, sweetie. Instead of... Have a sexual harassment lawsuit on my hands. Anyway, my wife, Mrs. Brian, is here. Mrs. Brian, how are you? I am great. What just popped up? I'm great. Uh, I've got a. I think that might be the issue, the previous issue that we were working out. Gotcha, uh, Frank. I've got a uh, uh, a screen long uh, run shell script error from Audacity, which is I think what might have caused our issues. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with that's it. It's probably been looping in the background for a while. Did you get some? Uh, Real slow performance out of your browser. Yeah, I did. It was a bit of an a bit of an issue. So, anyway. hey, did you did you just recently upgrade that Audacity? Uh, no, no, no. It's it's not an uh, upgrade with Audacity. It's uh, an upgrade within Apple. It's their um, OS update. They've they've app. had two since I bought this computer. Uh, one just completely fucked open source software. So here's here's what I'll say. Key to key to owning an Apple. Okay. Stay two to three behind. Mm. Do not up, do not keep it updated. Mm. It's the same with the iOS. Stay two to three behind because they they release it. Okay, so quick rant. Okay, agile agile release cycles. Mm. This is what it leads to. Okay, everybody's like, oh, I got to be agile. You got to be agile. Well, you know what? Agile introduces a bunch of fucking bugs. And then the bugs go live with the software. And then everybody deals with them. Just stay two to three versions behind. You will not miss any of the new features. And you won't run into this many issues. Did you catch that, Mrs. Brian? I did. Stay two to three behind. Indeed. Don't you yeah. fucking dare stay up to date. Yeah, on this six show. feet. Just give him six feet, yeah. and he'll be fine. Socially distance from the newest version of software. That For makes the sense. next time I buy an Apple product. Okay, that's sarcasm because she doesn't believe in Apple. I do not. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, well, I'm glad. I'm glad to be talking to y'all tonight. I hope y'all are glad to be hanging out with me. We are. Indeed. Mrs. Brian's crying right now. She's shaking her head. No, <laughs> she clearly doesn't want to be here. We're, uh, you know, so you know who's not happy to be where they're at tonight? Austin PD. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's just go in general. Any leader in Austin. <laughs> yeah, they're getting the same experience that California got. Los Angeles. Or Los uh, Angeles yeah. guy, yeah. yeah. Yesterday. Or was it two days ago? I don't know. It could have been a year ago at this point. But you... El- it's the LA one. People just sort of started trying to be funny. Uh, can you guys hear me? Yeah, I yes, can. I just turned my, my video off because it got a little little oh. chunky there. No, I said the, the 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 funny thing about the LA one is like people eventually just decided to try to be funny, you mm. know, and insulting at the same time. This Austin one has been brutal. Like personal experiences with the cops, <laughs> like. Just, I mean, no, nothing about it has been funny, which is good. Absolutely good. But um, it's been a complete roasting of the APD without any jokes. Good. Like, it should be. It should be, yeah. It should be. I, I feel like 
police departments should be at the point where their behavior is shoved back into their faces and mm-hmm. they can see what they have done and how the community feels about them. Absolutely. And you know, the takeaway is going to be, well, that's only 360 people. That's what the police department's going to take away. Okay. Right. That's going to be their opinion. It's up to the city council to understand that they need to be the voice for people who are willing to talk. If sure, if fucking whoever Karen out in Westlake doesn't give a shit about APD and doesn't show up to the meeting, don't listen to Karen, you know, like, right. There's just nothing, nothing more to say about that. But yeah, so I've been listening since three 30. I actually only hopped off about 20 minutes ago when we started this call. Um, it's been eye-opening and important and everybody's calling for, so I guess new Avery, you probably know more than this, but school and police grants are going through budgets right now. Mm-hmm. Like, so, so what are you meaning? No. So like next year's school and police funding seems to all be on the city council budgets at the moment. Like they're yes. trying to determine where it's going to go. Yes, absolutely. So that's exactly what they were just talking about in LA. Um, they, had their funding go through and a majority of it was allocated to the police department. And so I actually saw a bar graph breakdown. I don't remember who tweeted it, but the amount that went to education, public health, you know, the things that we like really Mm -hmm. need was so minuscule in compared to the hundreds of millions that went into the police department. LAPD, the, the, the budget for the police department is $450 million. Mm -hmm. No, sorry, sorry. That was Austin. LAPD was almost a billion, mm-hmm. if not over. Yeah. They wanted to cut 25%, which would have constituted, so it had to been over. It would have constituted a $250 million cut. If we're spending 40 to 50% of our city budget on quote unquote maintaining the peace, which I don't even believe is necessary, um, what signal does that send? You know, like you're just creating more poor people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, what the fuck are we doing? What, what kills me is we're still in the middle of a fucking global pandemic. Right. And yeah. their emergency services, their emergency management budget didn't even register a sliver on that graph mm-hmm. compared yeah. to the rest of their spending. Yeah, but I mean, it, the, the fire department isn't showing up to a black neighborhood and going, oh, that's a black building. Let me add fucking gasoline. Right. You know, right. like that's not what they're doing. So it's it's it's. It's warranted for everybody to be very fucking mad at the APD if they take that much money. And in Austin, it's 40 some odd percent of the city budget. The budget for the entire city is just over a billion. Um, yeah, it's I mean, got to hold these people accountable. It's it's time. I mean, if 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 we can't control the city of Austin and, and the, the fucking Brian Manley, who everybody thought was a decent human until this past weekend. Um, well, actually. Nah, give maybe. or take, give or take a couple months. Yeah, I was gonna say I heard uh, I heard some not so kind stories on that call about it's, him. It's been it's been pretty much since like late December is when we had our first big incident here in Austin. Um, I mean Austin is not quite as rampantly you know killing people as some other departments, but they still do, and most of the time it's people of color. Uh, but the dude's just a dick. Like he he showed up on the call, didn't want to turn his fucking camera on. Then eventually the only black city council member said, you need to turn your camera on. He turned it on. Uh, and then he proceeded to do one of these. Like, 
He's just, uh, for the folks at home, uh, Frank is looking down, clearly yeah. looking at his computer or his phone, not looking into the just, camera. And, and the, guy's, the guy's got bad eyesight. So when he puts his glasses on and he's busy looking at his phone, you know he can't see shit on the screen. Mm-hmm. Like, and God forbid, it, this is like video station playing back at him and he's not listening. Like, if, if you honestly can't sit there for 10 hours while people get really angry at you and just look at the camera, nod, be compassionate. After every caller, you could say, hey, I'm really sorry that happened. Let's keep the conversation going. Like, you know, it's fucking humanity. Like, have some have, fucking empathy. When you have zero remorse for what you've done, then, mm-hmm. you know, why would you pay attention to any of the things? If you're not sorry and you don't feel like you've done anything that was offensive to anyone or hurt anyone, why would you pay attention to what anybody had to say? And, and then then people wonder why people are saying defund the police. Exactly. Like... <laughs> Exactly. I think a lot of police departments think that this is just people complaining and, you know, it is what it is and they'll complain and then they'll forget about it. And I think it's because that's how it's been treated for so long of, yeah, let them whine, let them complain, let them get it off their chest and then we'll forget Mm -hmm. about it and we'll move on and do whatever. But I think I hope that this time around it's different. And I hope that um, people are not willing to give up on calling them out and shoving it back in their faces for as long as it takes to get some sort of reform. The fact that LAPD said today that they were going to train their police officers, they were going to make sure that by the end of the year, all of their police officers were trained on de-escalation techniques. Why, why has that not been happening since the very beginning? I'm a teacher Avery, with students that have behavior you. issues and we're trained on de-escalation techniques every single year. At the beginning of the year, we have to review our training and when that expires, we have to go back and take the full course. I've been doing this for 10 years and every single year I get trained on it. It's because they they see protesting and pulling over people of color as a batting practice. That's why. It absolutely blows my mind. And the fact that insanity people like the fact that police officers are willing to shoot before they even have a grasp of the situation before it, 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 it's just too much. Mm -hmm. There is absolute, you can tell that there's absolutely no sensitivity training. There's no deescalation training. There's no, there's not even training about, you know, how different cultures respond to different actions, which blows my mind because as a teacher, like I said, you get trained on those things. Yeah, but police officers get to pick and choose which neighborhoods they go into, right? So we don't have to worry about them running into different cultures other than their own, right? Oh, wait, no, yeah. no, that's, that's exactly I mean, opposite. so, so the, the thing that just blows my mind to your point um, is is if, if, well, it's actually to both of y'all's point is, if, if you look at how policing works, right, policing works to punish. And that's not what policing is meant for. Right. Policing is not an enforcement agency. They are, a, 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 they are there to make sure that people follow the law. And if they do not, right, they – so I know it's called law enforcement. But when you look at kind of what they're supposed to be doing, they're supposed to be bringing people to the judiciary, right, to face trial. 
And then the enforcement arm takes place in the prisons, not on the fucking streets. Like if, 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 if an officer cannot bring someone in, they shouldn't be an officer. Like they bring in all these fucking mass shooters, not a bruise on their body. Yeah. Right. Um, yet a $20 fucking bill is enough to put four cops on a person's back and one on their neck. Like, what are we fucking doing here? Yeah. This is not this is not enforcement, right? This is not serving to protect. This is just literally abusing people. Um, if you break the law, you break the law and you get your day in court. You don't get beat up on the street because you broke the law. Right. Yeah, and hopefully when you have your day in court, you're treated as fairly as other citizens who are also yeah. having their day in court. Right. And that's that's a that's a whole different battle that will eventually also need to be fought. Did you see they had there were three people who were arrested? I believe and they were in they were in St. Louis. I don't know. They they were arrested on curfew violation during mm-hmm. protesting. Three young men, all three received different bails for the mm-hmm. exact same crime, and. Uh, I think it ranged from $150, $300, and $500. Anyone want to take a wager on who was the $150, what race that yeah, person was? exactly. The white and, dude. And what race was the $500 bail set for? Black, we, black or Mexican. We read a story this morning about a kid yeah. who has been in jail since he was 18 years old because uh. he set fire to a trash can during the Ferguson protest. And he is still mm-hmm. in jail. That is the Ferguson yep. circa 2015 13? Yeah, that's that's Freddie Gray, right? Freddie Gray was Ferguson. God, it's fucking ridiculous that you can't even that you pinpoint. Have to, yeah, that you can't even you remember. can't even pinpoint where people died. It's fucking crazy. It's sad. It's sad, but it's well. You know, and, and okay, so you know what's even like Tamir Rice playing with a fucking water gun. gun. Yeah, yeah, got fucking murdered in yeah. less than like what twelve seconds or some yeah. shit when the police officer got out of his car. I mean. I just don't, and you yet, know, yet we have people with, but it's because culture teaches people to turn adolescent black men and black or black kids into adults. But no, not yeah. just adults, but dangerous adults. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's the fear of the unknown. I mean, it's, it's really sad when, when and I, I guess before we go too far, right, let's quickly go through our drinks for the night because I think we haven't even discussed that. <laughs> yeah, I'm using a new system, so we're 439 a, bars in right now, and I don't even know no, what we're drinking. I get it, and I need, I need to get a, a charger really quick. I forgot mine, so you guys go ahead, and I'll be back. No worries. Uh, Mrs. Brian, I know you're, uh, I think you're through drinking for the evening. Is yes. that what I gathered? Yes, but I did have a wonderful Sangiovese. Yes. Indeed. Uh, you, did you ever finish that wink, your, your first wink wine? I did. And it was delicious. It was a wine that I can't pronounce. So I was going to say you, you went with the wink subscription, which is not something that you've done before. Right. Um, you got your first wine, first four wines for like $30 or some crazy shit. Yeah. So I got it for 50% off. Uh, Do we have to say that this is not an ad? Dude, these people, (laughs) listen, our, our, our millions of listeners, they all understand that we don't have corporate sponsors okay. because we're independent. Gotcha. GDIs. Gotcha. Uh, also, a lot of corporations have problems with what we say on this podcast. Oh, I see. Yeah, believe it or not, we don't make a whole lot of corporate friends. But if you're out there, they would take a sponsorship. I'll take a fucking free beer. I am a very easy date. You know what I mean? Like, 
Y'all can just send me a single bottle. Doesn't even have to be in date. You can just. So they sent me four wines, and the first one that I drank is the Field Theory Toriga Nacional from Paso Robles, California. It was freaking delicious from the little sip that you let me have. It was absolutely delicious. Um, they also sent me a Malbec, which I'm going to be honest, I'm not, it doesn't look how I would normally expect a Malbec to look. It is very light in color. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see how that tastes. And it's supposedly um, like from a, a vegan company, which yeah, we we'll know. see about that. Yeah. Um, they sent me a Chardonnay, which looks wonderful. And then um Malvasia Bianca. Never had it before, but it looks good. Is it white? It's white. Yeah. There we go. Nailed it. I'm yes. basically a sommelier. Um, but the field theory one was great. I mean, I loved it. So it's good. Yeah, it's it cool was delicious. Bottle. I know that. Yeah, the it's bottle good. was really cool. And Mrs. Brian literally gave me the stinkiest of the stink eye when I even suggested, "May I have a sip, please?" Yeah, I was like, "Wait." The uh, that Malbec was probably actually meant to be a rosé. Just so you know, it. Some looks, of the lighter Malbecs are meant more for like rosé. I'm, I don't, I don't even know. Is it from Argentina? Yes, it says it's from from Argentina, but I feel like it's been taken through a process. Is it from Argentina by way of Connecticut? I no, I, I I I bet it's fine. It's just say, so. The, 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 it, it's one hundred percent. How much sun did it get? How hot was it? How much water did it get? Like. All of that shit will change the complexion of the grape. A lot of the times, the lighter Malbecs are normally from estates that make a lot of Malbec rosé. And then uh, they make some red Malbec as well. And it'll just be lighter. It's not, you won't, I bet it's a good, I bet it's a good wine. I will say out of all the wines they sent me, it has one of the lowest ratings. Yeesh. Okay. So, and but. That, that would make sense for that journey. <laughs> all yeah, all of the wine that they sent me is based on a quiz that I took on what like my taste buds enjoy, and so as I go through each bottle, I rate it on their website, so that okay. kind of tailors it even more to what I like. Oh, nice. Well, I did something similar. I opened the refrigerator tonight, and I now have realized I just have a a refrigerator full of Guinness. So I'm drinking Guinness Extra Stout tonight, uh, and I'm washing that down with Glen Morangi Original. Mm. I was trying to I was trying to be like my buddy. Frank, you want to tell them what That's you're drinking good. tonight? Yeah, so I've I've actually never had Glenmorangie. Um and I I don't know. It's just I I've had really bad luck with the lesser price scotches, mm. okay? And I've just come to the realization that unless you're, you're, you're it's breaking like up. venture into a new scotch. You're breaking up, buddy. It's almost like... Okay. Right Sorry. One second. I'm going to switch network. Uh, just for the... While he's switching networks, uh, Glen Morangi is a Highland single malt scotch whiskey. Um, so single malt being the highest quality, if you believe scotch drinkers, and then the Highlands being the more subdued, uh, more refined whiskeys out there. You see uh, single malt... Uh, or you'll see Highland Highland whiskeys from like Highland Park, and uh, that's uh, 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 McAllen would be another Highland. 
I almost got you a Glenmorangie tasting kit for our anniversary, and it had like... God damn it, did it have LaSanta in it? I don't know, I had some like, ones that were like aged for 50 uh, years and stuff. But I love you, and I got you some a, a great whiskey decanter. God damn it. You could have bought. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can yes. now. Hold on, I've got to address something real quick. You had the opportunity to buy me a fifty-year-old like bottle of Glenmorangie. Yeah, but it was like this big. Don't care. I'm, that decanter is going to be awesome, and I am lucky to get it. <laughs> it will be awesome. I know. I thought it was very classy it's cl- when I saw it. <laughs> she came in and she was like, "I know you're trying to class this place up a bit," and she looked around my brewery. I'm like, "Yeah, that's I'm trying." That's always been the attempt here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about the Xbox in the corner or the carboys right behind my back? Hey, <laughs> Wait, hey, look, we're moving the carboys. No, out. we're not. Well, I well you said we were. Yeah, we're gonna put them in the laundry room, but yeah. the rest of the brewing equipment's going on in the garage. And we're oh, cla- nice. we're classing up the joint. I yeah, and he, we're gonna start with that decanter. She's winking. She's just winking the entire time. We're classing up the joint. I think she's gonna move all my shit out into the yard. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. It's gonna be super classy. <laughs> okay, you, you have you you have slept out there, so uh, basically not that yard, the other yard, <laughs> the front uh, yard, not the yard. backyard. <laughs> well, I mean, you might you might be able to set up a bed up there. I don't know. <laughs> Could be. Uh, so, what do you? You said you've never had Glenmorangie. You had no. So what I was saying is, is I've never had Glenmorangie. When I when I venture into new Scotch brands, mm-hmm. I. Because I've had such bad experiences with some of the cheapest of the brand, right. you know, I normally buy one of the middle tiers. So this time, I buy, and that's normally like sixty to seventy bucks instead of the forty to fifty, you know. Right. Um, and it's it's sad because some of the 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 forty to fifties are good, and normally when I like a sixty to seventy, I'll buy the cheaper one, but not the opposite. If that makes sense. Yes. So if, if I buy a 40 to 50 and it's bad, I'm not buying your expenses. Right, stuff. 100%. Yeah, I got yeah. it. Okay, so Glemorangie. This mm. is the um, Nectar Door, which is obviously the gold ne- nectar. And funny enough, Brian, I've never had a scotch that's not either cognac or uh, bourbon or rum barrels. Yeah, they sherry barrel aged that one, correct? No, this is uh, Sotern wine, which oh, is yeah. something I've... Ooh. Never had in my life. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a sweet wine. Yeah, I was gonna say. So they have uh, a lot of Highland scotches in particular. They age theirs in sherry casks, mm. um, either for first rest or second rest, and then they blend back. I know uh, Johnny Walker, the blender, like the blending process they go through. They they use some sherry carol uh, sherry. So wait, casks. is is so Taren and Sherry the same thing? I don't think so. I think it may be like an Appalachian. I don't know. That's oh, that's okay. beyond me. I know that there are some like places like Glenmorangie, they'll do they'll do finishing whiskeys. So they'll You're finish right. them in different right. um in different casks and then blend back. That one I've heard I've heard tell that it is a very sweet scotch. Is it not? Does it have no, a sweet it's, finish? It's, it, it is it is sweeter than normal, but I I quite like that. Yeah. It's like a 10 p.m. scotch, you know. Um, I was I was going to get um, uh, what is the super smoking one? Not Lagavulin, the other one. Lafroig. No. Ardbeg. Uh, it starts with an O. Octomore. O Odol Odol. No. Dang it. Akintoshin. That's no. A, but 
Shit. I'll, I'll think of it in just a second. Anyways, Boonahabin? I was going to get a smoky one. Sorry? <laughs> Is it Boonahabin? Uh, I fucking love Boonahabin. It's not, it's not Boonahabin, but it's similar. It's Dude, Boonahabin is one of those. It looked like, I will say, I, I, I'm kind of a sucker for a pretty scotch, like a pretty bottle. Like Valkyrie from Highland Park, it is a goddamn gorgeous bottle. Glen Morangi, mm-hmm. sexy. It's got some curves to it. Glenfiddich is triangular because the Mr. Glenfiddich was an alcoholic and he would sleep with a bottle in his bed every night and he got tired of the bottle rolling out of bed, so he made it a triangular shape. Anyway. There's sexy shapes to these. How bottles. many glens are there? Well, glen just means like lake in Scott in just Scotland. A lake, yeah. So like that's when they those are lowland scotches. Anyway, it's a whole thing. Uh, but it's more, it's more more of a pond than a lake, really. But bog. You guys got to watch Outlander. Okay, uh, <laughs> time traveling show on Showtime. Or is it? Yeah, it's all about how the Highlands were lost and Highland culture went there away. There you go. Yeah, what we're drinking tonight. We're trying to bring it back. But Boonahabin. There you go. Back to my original point. Boonahabin is just a squatty ass ugly brown bottle and the liquid inside of it is some of the most beautiful fucking uh it is literally the like the water of life it's so fucking good but i i I told you the guy here who's super into scotch out at the uh cigar vault cigar vault he said that's his go-to like it's the if, if he has enough money he gets that yeah um now, the, he likes the cheap kind, but he says Boonahabin 16 is the best scotch you can buy. Oban. Oh, yeah. Oban was the one I was going to get. But Oban, uh, they only had the the 18, I think, and it was like 109 bucks. Wasn't going to do that. I was going to say Isla scotches get way the fuck up there quick. Yeah, and that's the problem with scotch at the moment, right? If we're going to be real, uh, really good, way overpriced for what it is. Like, yeah. it's... It's unfortunate because they are good, but fuck, man, I don't, I, don't, I, I can't justify. I, I normally have one, maybe two bottles of scotch in in my um, liquor cabinet, and I would easily have five to six. Yeah, uh, but at, at that price, it's just not justifiable, and it's you feel guilty even drinking it. Like it's fuck that one hundred percent. I had. One I think Brian feels fine drinking it. No <laughs> bullshit. Turn around. Look at the art bag back there. Besides the other night when I had probably three glasses of it on our happy hour, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that was the first time I drank it since I bought it. Yeah. Because like I. When did you buy it? Bought it first part of April. Oh wow. Because that was that was my gift for paying off my student loan. I, I bought, don't even think I've kept wine that long. I bought a forty dollar bottle of scotch and I was like, oh look at me, balling out of control. But it's fine. No, well, so yeah, I okay, realize what I said earlier sounds snobbish. No, it's but not. no, I, I, because what you're talking didn't about mean is to like, say that. no, what you're talking about is like, for the beer people who might be listening to this podcast, it's the difference of buying a fucking regular year round IPA versus a limited release, you know, double dry hopped IPA in four pack, 16 ounce cans. Instead of paying $9 for it, you're paying $22 for it. And you're like, oh, yeah. it's the same concept that what we're talking about. It's just larger scale as far as price goes, but it's also higher scale as alcohol and volume. So yeah. And you're, you're also getting something that is lower production. It's yeah. I was going to say it's rare because, well, I'm going to save some of this, Brian, this is really good. And, uh, to your point, this is a bourbon barrel aged because so I know scotch either has to be bourbon, bourbon or rum. Like they don't have a choice. No, they can do it. It can be finished in anything. It just, no, no, no. It has to start in bourbon, right? No, it, it can be, it can start in anything. Oh, okay. That's what makes scotch so cool, and that's what ties them in so closely to the American whiskey and American bourbon industry. Because American bourbon has to be fresh, fresh oak, 
Yeah. And so what happens is they sell them over, you know, they sell those used barrels to whiskey, you know, uh, scotch distilleries for aging first or secondary. That's interesting. So, yeah, so this is bourbon first, mm -hmm. then Sauterne, which I, I'm going to have to buy some Sauterne wine. I've never had it. I'm guessing it's probably similar to like ice wine or something really sweet. Yeah. You know, so, but I'll have to try it. I've never had it. Yeah, I I never even heard of it. I heard it on the Whiskey Vault. They were talking about um, different scotches, how they're finished. And uh, the guy in the Whiskey Vault, so you know, is that's the um, the crowded barrel. It's the whiskey distillery out in Dripping Springs. Oh, really? Yeah. I've, I, you know, you've told me that in the past. I've just not been. It's, it, it, those guys are so knowledgeable. I mean, they, like, if I was to have a hero... Uh, it would be those guys and the way they run their YouTube channel, the Whiskey Vault, and then they also have the Whiskey Tribe. But in the Whiskey Vault, they talked about, they taste whiskeys all over the world, run down reviews of them, and try to educate. And that's the first time I heard of Glenn Morangi and the different uh, versions, the different finishes they have. So I mentioned La Santa and something else. They, they have like four of their main ones in the Nectar that you're drinking. What, yeah, what um, that's like the the most universally accepted one of their scotches because the rest of them, oh, one nice. of them, one of them can be really off putting. One of them is really sweet, and then that one is literally just nectar. It's just the gods. Um, Mrs. Brian had to step out because uh, the little one decided to drag her life size Minnie Mouse into the brew room to talk to us. So I don't know what sort of negotiations are going on there. So what I was going to say, Brian, is I think you remember back when uh, everybody freaked out about 3D printing guns, right? Yeah. And that shit originated here in Texas. Yeah, because, you know, Texas is the home of all guns. Why not 3D printed well, guns? I figured, you know, no one freaked out at the fact that I had a Canon printer, first off. God damn it. And uh, second, um, <laughs> second... No 3D printed guns this weekend at the protest. So I guess, you know, win-win for everybody. It's just one of those <clears throat> one of those moments in history where people freaked out over nothing. I know what you did. I know the whole reason you brought that up was to bring up the Canon printer that you bought. And does it do 3D printing? Avery. <laughs> You just it. call me by my first name. He's been calling you by your first name this whole goddamn I time. I did it one time. Three one time. two <laughs> times at least. I gotta go back and yeah. check that. He, he said I bought a Canon printer. Canon's no, a, I, it's way better set up. You, you're ruining the joke. Well, oh, I, am I? I missed half of it because I was. Yeah, Mrs. Brian, don't worry about it. Just go back, listen to it. It, it was one that. of those hook and sinker. Whoop, got him. Got him. And then you just reel it in, and now he's offended that he got reeled in, and he's trying mm -hmm. to, you know, it's pathetic, you know, 3D printer. He said he had a Canon <laughs> printer, whatever. Yeah. It's Cannon it's not it, it it landed really well actually it, it did and then I purposely ruined it I stepped all you over didn't. it I tried to uh, I bet Ryan people are still I bet I bet people are still laughing they didn't even hear this part no they're pulled over the cars on the side of the road they're, <laughs> yes, they're, they're taking a breath oh god that that prank I'm, I'm gonna have to stop driving for a moment <laughs> that <laughs> prank got me he got his ass so good oh my god I'm glad we don't have phone lines you know <laughs> I'd be calling in well Avery. Oh. I mean, dang it, <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Brian, Mrs. Brian. Yes. Uh, why do fish swim in salt water? Why do fish swim in salt water? Mm-hmm. 
You're not supposed to try to get it. You just say, why? Why? Because Pepper would make them sneeze. That's bad. That one's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It's too good. And also, the idea of a fish sneezing is beyond. How does that work with gills? do we know for sure that they do don't sneeze? That's good. These are all very good questions, none of which are entertaining or... Uh, Let's take it to Google. God damn it. Do fish sneeze? Actually, it's a really good question. Hey, Google. Oh, it, it has been asked before and also, or cough. Fish cannot sneeze. In order to sneeze, you must be able to breathe. To breathe, you have to have lungs and nasal passages. They don't have lungs. They have oxygen transference in their gills. Okay, oh, so they they, they don't sneeze, they jet propel. Okay. <laughs> wow. God damn. But fish yawn, <laughs> cough, and even burp. That's gross. They don't get choked up though. Well why I don't know, that's what this says. God damn it. Whatever. Do we sneeze because we have like hairs in our nose that can get irritated and so that's why? Yeah, that's why when I trim my nose hairs, I always end up sneezing afterwards. Yeah, so I mean, if if a fish, it, like if an animal doesn't have hair in their nose, do they sneeze? Mm. God damn. Interesting. Like interesting. if a tree Maybe falls in the woods. Another Google? No. no. Google no. again? We're not turning this into the goddamn <laughs> Google cast. <laughs> I don't see why not. Uh, they, those Nobody Left Behind guys are good until they just started Googling things on a <laughs> podcast. That's, I mean. Yeah. Well. Blame, blame it on, you know, you know, Brian. Look, these are the answers you know. to life's questions that people have always been wondering, and we're here to solve them. I don't think so. I don't yeah. think a single person listening to this has ever wondered, do fish sneeze? You know what? One day when it's a question on Jeopardy, it and won't I be. get it. Yep. Mm-hmm. You have to take the Jeopardy I mean, entrance exam, and you won't do it. You, I, I we will. We will get it. I mean, if, if it is a question on Jeopardy, everybody's wondered it, you know? I bet it's going to be a question on Jeopardy one day, and I'll be sitting at the dinner table watching Jeopardy. We eating tonight. You just yelling that after you answer it. I've gotten every Henry VIII question for I don't know how long. Okay, I'm ready, Jeopardy. My God, God. I'm ready. Well, you know, if there is a Jeopardy strictly on Henry VIII, I know who we're sending into the battlefield. (laughs) Right. Yeah, hyper-specific knowledge is always good in trivia. Look, it is good in trivia, okay? It is, but it's also generalization, you know, like it's a little bit little bit more powerful. But, I mean, maybe you went a round or two. Listen, if it's wit beer history, I got it. I dominate. <laughs> yeah. You You can ask Brian. I dominate at Jeopardy. Indeed. But, it, but the key is you know a lot I don't, I don't, about a lot. You know, you just gather random information and that's oh, the key. That's the, isn't that the, per, isn't that what yeah. trivia is? It's knowledge yeah, that but, you can't use in any other. I was going to say. You got to gather the stuff that like no one even thinks about. Do you know what I mean? The deep cuts. The deep cuts. Exactly. The deep cuts. The yeah, B okay. side. Like, Fair enough. What did Aaron Spelling do for Tori Spelling's eighth birthday? Things like that, you know? No. Well, you have not, to fucking not tell like us that. at this point. Not like that. <laughs> No, I, I, the world it's needs to know this. 100% not like that. You don't need to know shit about Tori Spelling, except that David Spelling's <laughs> her dad and he's a piece of shit. Aaron. Aaron. 
Aaron's dead. He's not a piece of shit. He died. Yeah. Yeah. He was a piece of shit before he died, but okay. Wait, what do you think Aaron's Why? Who? How? Yeah. He was part of the uh, the whole Hollywood sexual assault ring. I don't. What? I don't. Yeah, you didn't know about that. No. I don't think. I don't no. Think you're talking about something? <laughs> Google it. No way. Google it. Google it. Google what it. sexual assault ring? Mm-hmm. Is this like a PizzaGate kind of thing? I, he. The look is. Look in his eyes. Says, PizzaGate. <laughs> look but, in his eyes. Says he, it might not be he, real. I don't. He was very old. You're breaking up, Frank. I don't know what you. I don't know what. I don't know how you're defending so yourself. You. Okay. Well. Okay. He. In 2006, when he was 82, he <laughs> was sued for sexual harassment by his ex nurse. And do you think that was the first time? Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. At 82. You know, 82. hold on. You all judge me, and I fucking that was off the dome right there. You, I just remember out this of thin, creepy old guy out of thin air. And you, I don't yeah. think you, I don't. If I showed you three pictures, do you think you could pick out Aaron <laughs> no. Spelling out of a lineup? Absolutely, because he Let's looks just it. like Tori Spelling. Oh, game on! As a man, as a man, <laughs> game on! Do you know what Tori Spelling looks like? I, I do know who Aaron Spelling is. Yes, I do. <laughs> Hold on, I heard a noise. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I yes, can hear we you. Can hear you. Okay. No, I thought someone was at the door. Okay. Um, yeah. So Aaron Spelling, creeper, uh, cool. Next, next subject. So let's go. Let's go back to these, uh, you know, serious topics we were discussing before. After uh. our little, because we kind, you know, like we really went into it, and I feel like we needed a little bit of a. Hey, this is why you listen to No Beer Left Behind, and now let's go. Let's yeah. go. Let's go. Yeah, that makes sense. So, all right. So, where we left it off, right, APDs, they're getting roasted tonight, yes. and they should be. And uh, solutions here, right? Like, maybe we start discussing kind of like what, what potentially could be solutions. So, um, I think Mrs. Brian led with uh, we need more community policing. We need uh, – uh, uh, racial awareness training we need de-escalation training we need you know like these these are all really good things but i think one thing that is being overlooked and this is not a general like general direction towards more favorable black policing but just policing in general is we need to stop allowing people who are in the military just to get into the police corps absolutely right like that is a fucking disaster in this country at the moment um, to me, when you see people happily like laughing while they're shooting people, I, I mean, I would also- venture, I'd venture, I guess, seven out of 10 times. That's a pre-military person. So there's also something that Brian and I have talked about a lot. And I've actually talked about this with one of my coworkers because it is a very, very common thing specifically in white culture to um, like praise the hero and like really ramp it up. And in addition to that, there is this hero complex that comes along with that. So for example, a lot of students that I have um, and they're primarily white students that want to grow up and be police officers, you ask them why they want to be police officers. And it is very like, force violence oriented 
It is not like, well, it's, I want to be like a assert, police officer. It's like asserting power. Yes, oriented. it's an asserting power sort of thing. It's not, I want to be a police officer because I want to make a difference in my community because I want to make connections with people. Nothing like that. It is all very, well, I want to put away the bad guy and I want to do this and I want to do that. And um, it's also like, it, it, it happens, it coincides, I guess, with my same kids Usually the kids that I hear that want to be police officers one day are the same kids that I hear that are like, oh, well, the first thing I'm going to do is go into the military. Mm-hmm. And and they're all about anytime there's a research project, they're the ones that like, well, we got we're, we're looking up bombs. We're going to we're looking up what this bomb does and what this bomb, like just very assertive, violent things. And it's 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 disgusting. Like the right. police is not there to inf- like, I, I understand there is this counterintuitive word, right? It's called law enforcement. And if all, if all we do as, as a police officer is enforce the law, right. And we see it in that manner. It, that's the worst thing police officers could do. Right. Like it's your, your, you're sort of just kind of like the fucking taxi getting someone to their jury, you know, like don't beat them up, put them in the back of the car, handcuff them. If they resist, you know, do whatever you can within your power. If they still resist, use a taser. If they still resist, you know, like file a fucking warrant, increase their fucking sentences, you know, like don't kill people. Like no one deserves to die before their day in court. Right. Right. Um, if they're threatening you with guns, I can understand. If they shoot you, I can understand. Like, there's very different scenarios here, but in general, people should be allowed to get to a courtroom to face a judge and a jury. Well, and, and I feel like there's a vast difference between like I shot because my life was in danger and I shot because I thought that my life was going to be ooh, in danger. That's good. That's good. You know what I mean? And that's what we're hearing out of a lot of police officers. Not my life was actually being threatened, but it's. Well, I thought that there could possibly be a chance that I was going to die, so I shot. Yep. And, and it, it, yeah, it's just <laughs> the state of affairs is so offensively bad, right? And it's, it's, not, it's not bad because people, uh, like, know what's going on. It's bad because the police force has just been, in perpetuity, asking for additional money. Yeah. Um, so when, when you're dealing with a police force that is armed at the level that they are, I mean, here, here's my take on it, right? Like we've got a police force in this country that has tear gas. Now, tear gas is something that, um, by the Geneva, Geneva convention cannot be used in war. Right. Okay. We use it as a ha 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 fuck him. Uh, instrument of of crowd dispersal in this country and apparently people as long as they don't agree with your political persuasion think that's a fucking joke like if if we didn't have people understand how to neutralize tear gas you would see people losing eyesight you would see people suffocating if they have asthma like but people understand that if you take water half water half maalox and you mix it into a solution that's a anti-tear gas like remedy mm-hmm. so it, it, people don't need to go out onto the street with a fucking mixture just in case you know the police start fucking with them right 
Um, you can peacefully protest. God, you can yell at the police. You can throw a fucking plastic bottle at them. Did you see the police out there? They look like fucking, and Brian will get this reference, juggernauts. Mm-hmm. Um, they look like fucking shit from Halo and shit. Like, yeah, they're you don't, like you don't, to the teeth. Yeah. Yeah, you don't, a plastic bottle is going to set you off? Fuck you. Right. I'm just, I'm so done with it. And it's. But that's the other thing, like, and I and I read somebody's article the other day saying, you know, police officers should look like Barney Fife. They should not look like they just stepped out of a war zone and they're here to, like, do their job, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like, that's the start of it. Uh, uh, I think that's, that's the part where, like, everybody can agree where the changes need to happen. And then you deal with that next step, which is, Something that that I, I I really hope happens this time because I think there's a lot of non uh, black and not brown non brown people that are really committed to helping um, our black and brown friends and family to to solve the issues that they see in policing, and I really hope they're equally as committed to solving the issues just with societal inequalities. Right. Because these things run hand in hand. Right. Um, so. You can't just be at the at the city council meeting for your policing discussions. You've got to be there when they're talking about where's the money going. You yeah. know, like how do we invest in 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 proper affordable housing? How do we invest in proper education for the the underserved? And I mean, this whole thing amongst white people, and I'm I'm sure black people and brown people probably know about this too. But in in in, in white discussions when they buy homes. It is what is the best school that I can send my kid to for oh, the amount absolutely. of money that I have? Yeah, absolutely. And 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 that discussion is how white is the school? Yeah, so, I mean, I feel like you have to come from a place of privilege to be able to have that discussion in the first mm-hmm. place, um, because when you're looking at especially minority populations in. Okay, sorry about that bit of a audio issue with Google Hangouts and my computer at the same time. So we left off, sorry, you were talking about buying a new house and um, the setting the schools and you were going to use your school as an example. Yeah. So I was going to use my school as an example um, because I'm at a title one campus. So our population is a majority minority students who have no choice but to go to that school. That is the school that they are zoned to. Most of their parents rely on the transportation that our district provides to get their students to and from school. We have a lot of students that can't even participate in after school extracurriculars because if they don't catch that bus, they don't get the opportunity to go home Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, mom and dad work all night long. Whereas the school that I came from before this, it was very much in an area of extreme opportunity. Um, Not only could students stay and pay for private tutoring with teachers and whatever extracurriculars they wanted, but you had students who weren't even zoned to go to that school fighting to get into the school. Um, And, you know, they would have to decide, oh, well, who's going to be the transfers now we need to look at the students and find the best of the best students so that they can be the ones that transfer into the school these schools are literally across the highway from each other just across one bridge from each other in the same district but very different opportunities are provided at each yep and that's that's not i mean 
what's what's insulting to me is the people from back home in Minneapolis who, after all of this, still stand on the side of, well, there's really nothing, nothing different here. They just need to work harder. And, you know, like there aren't very many of them, but for the most part, they're they're secluded to the western suburbs of that town. And that's where I grew up for half of my life outside of South Africa. And um, I mean, my my high school and school district that I attended, um, it's very similar to what people would see with like Beverly Hills High. Right. Like you're, you're talking about such a privileged school that you get to go to for free um, that it's not it's not reality and it doesn't represent society. Um, and I, I, I think bef- before I go too hard in on, 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 on that concept, I will say um, the thing that brought me a lot of hope is during these Minneapolis riots and, and, and protests and uprisings, um, the amount of love that I saw from that community, like on the front lines, people that have literally everything to lose um, if this doesn't work, like out there in the front lines, volunteering, raising money, donating money, um, um, protecting businesses, like not, not with guns, you know, but occupying businesses. Um, it's it, honestly like I've never been prouder of my alumni and specifically my year. Um, it's been a lot of really empathetic um, individuals who really want to strive for a better world because they understand their privilege. Um, but in that same breath, the privilege out there and, and, and insulting way that some of these people are treated, um, it, it, what's actually happening without understanding that their, their, their high school has a IT budget of $30 million a year. Yeah. Um, you're talking about people who, it's 2,500 kids. Like, how do you spend 30 million in IT? You don't. Yeah. You know, it just goes into the coffers of the school. I mean, they're forming a public private school. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's 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 absolutely like if we don't start actually looking and understanding what's going on here, um, we're only going to divide people further. And, and it's I think our generation has woken up to it, and it's our job to hold our elders accountable to this because it's not changing unless they <laughs> they at least realize what's going on. You know, I hope so because <laughs> I see a lot of because um, I mean I grew up in a very well-to-do community, went to a very well-to-do high school. A lot high school of the like a, shopping mall. <laughs> a lot of the kids that I went to high school with. Now, mind you, I was like the only minority in class, but a lot of the kids that I went to school with were the same kids that you know when they got stopped by cops on the road, they would look at him and say like, "Do you know who my dad is? He'll sue you." Um, I hope to God that those kids have changed. They're now adults. I hope that they have changed and. Um, you know, can really see. I remember we used to do community service hours for, you know, English Honor Society or National Honor Society at some of the Title I elementary schools in our district. And it literally mm-hmm. never occurred to people. This is right down the road from our school. And it, literally the next town over. And their circumstances are vastly different. I was going to say, it was in, it's in Louisville, the place right. we were looking at the other night. Uh, that was having. They were having a protest where police officers just decided to tear gas people and arrest nine protesters who were just walking, right, doing what they're supposed to do. And this, I mean, this is yeah. quite literally 
the next town over. Yeah. You're driving down, you know, the, the road that my high school sits on, one minute you're in Flower Mound. By the time you reach the end of that road, you're at the beginning of Louisville. And the high yeah. school is less than a mile from that intersection. Right. So, like, it's the other side of the tracks is pretty accurate. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, here. So, uh, sorry, I just had, I had one thing. Um <clears throat> I think, again, I want to clarify that I, I totally agree with, with what you're saying, Mrs. Bryan, but I think the part that to me was surprising, and it's really just my specific year. I don't know what was happening at that high school, but I would say a good 80 to 90% of the 500 kids, right? And you're talking about average familial income of like... Okay, we experienced another audio technical difficulty here i apologize that uh the problems we're running into were pretty pretty substantial this episode don't know why but hopefully they'll be fixed by the next time we record um very sorry that we lost this part of the conversation between frank and mrs brian but the conversation continued and i want to make sure that y'all get to hear that um we're gonna pick back up where um, when, when I got the audio equipment working again, um, as Frank and Mrs. Bryan were discussing what it was like for Mrs. Bryan to grow up in a very affluent, very white neighborhood and town in North Texas. And the audio that you're about to hear uh, is, <laughs> to, to set it up, um, Mrs. Bryan explaining what it's like to do like participate in everyday activities uh, that people, especially in this part of the state and DFW, take for granted. And what she's going to be discussing here is what it's like to go swimming as a black woman. That is not even a consideration at all because they're like, well, I'll get in the shower and it'll be fine and, you know, we'll move on. But for black girls especially, that is a huge deal because it's like, well... First of all, I have chemically treated hair to straighten it. So anything in the chlorine can absolutely ruin that in a heartbeat. So then I have to like go through all the different protocols that I have to do in order to like make sure that I don't go bald after I go swimming. But how was that growing up in uh, a really affluent white area with swimming (laughs) pools every third house? I mean, what that translated to growing up was like hanging out in the hot tub because I knew I didn't have to get my hair wet in the hot tub or if I had braids then, and that's like my parents, I would get braids every year for summer camp because if I have braids, then it's manageable and I can, I can deal with that. Um, summer camp meaning like dance camp, right? No. So like when I went away for summer camp, Oh, as a child, as a child, yeah, I would get braids every summer for camp. Um, but I mean, it, it really turned into a lot of being like, I'm sorry I can't swim. I'm and this sounds awful, but I'd be like, I'm sorry I can't swim. I'm on my period. And it's because like it's easier to explain I'm on my period than try to go through a process of like well, this is what my hair does and I have to do this and I have to do that because at least I know other girls can get the concept of like being on their period, you know? Right. So you were when you were in high school, you were in dance, correct? You yeah. Know, like almost your whole life my whole a, life as a child yes. like you had to do tons of like stage makeup then too right yeah oh yeah for sure so as a black woman or as a black girl 
living in an affluent white as fuck town. How was that? So I basically borrowed my mother's makeup and my mom and I are not the same skin tone. Like not all black people are the same skin tone. What? (laughs) Um, That's weird. So I would just borrow her makeup um, because it, it, the other thing about black makeup is it was so expensive for so long. So like, one little thing of foundation would be 30 bucks and then you'd have a thing of powder that would be 40 bucks. So now that's 70 bucks on just foundation and powder. And especially with the amount that you're putting on with stage makeup. So, I mean, we would just use hers that way. My mom wasn't having to go out and buy a separate makeup kit for me. Yeah. But she could just go buy and pick it up at Walmart. Right? No, absolutely not. That was like a 30 minute drive to, you know, the Galleria so that we could hold go up. to Mac. Hold the fuck up. How long ago was it? There was only a 30 minute drive from this was, be- this was before <laughs> Dallas looked like Dallas. Holy <laughs> there shit. There were significantly less roads. Were there model there T's on the road? Were there stores. horse and carriages? No, I mean, for a long time, literally until they built the Target by my house when I was in high school, it was nothing but like cow fields out there. Mm. And then when they built the Target, um, we were so excited because it was the first time that we wouldn't have to drive all the way to Louisville to go to the mall to shop for people. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Had <laughs> did uh, being around a bunch of white people in the early two thousands. Spoiler alert! I gave away your your age there. Kind mm, of. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, I'm sure that those uh, really rich white kids that were yelling at cops, telling them, "You know who my dad is." Um, I'm sure they had a lot of really kind things to say to someone who didn't look like them, right? You know, here's the crazy part. Nobody ever said anything blatantly racist to me. Now, did people say things um, under their breath? Absolutely. Um, I, I literally once had someone who was on my dance team call me and apologize for calling me the N-word. And I had not heard that she called me the N-word. I didn't hear that from anybody. Christ. Wait, um, one second, one second, one second. <laughs> and a this, is like a, this is like a, uh, Sally, what? <laughs> There's yes. a lot to unpack with that um, statement. You can't just go by that. This was also the captain of my dance team. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh-huh. And so she called me apologizing. I, I had literally heard from no one that she called me the N-word. And she's well, also, calling me also, to apologize if, 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 for calling me the N-word. About, Think about early two thousands, right? Like, not not woke culture. Yes. Everybody's still kind of awkward with this. So you're right. like, who's gonna call Miss Brian about this? And yeah. I bet everybody in the white community was just like, not I, not I, not. And then they were like, okay, I guess not. The crazy part too is that like this is a girl that I had grown up. Like literally, we we did ballet together. I knew her probably since I was six years old. What a I jerk. mean, yeah, this is someone that I had grown up with and um, and yeah, she called me and was like, I just want you to know that I'm really sorry for calling you the N word. I know you've heard about it. And I was like, I have not heard about it. And she was like, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I'm sorry for calling you the N word. I mean, it was it, it was absolutely insane. Um, but then, I mean, just I was talking to my mom earlier and we were talking about how I remember my parents having the discussion with me that if you ever want anything, you're going to have to work twice as hard to prove yourself. And that was my experience in high school. I had to work twice as hard to prove myself at 
everything, especially in dance. And I remember like I even had an, an English teacher that I was the only black kid in the class. Well, no, there were two of us. There were two of us because um, she said if we made a certain grade in the class, then we wouldn't have to take the final exam. And when it came time to take the final exam, the only people taking it were the two black kids. Okay. Number one, number two, I worked my butt off in that class. I mean, I would, I stayed up one night till five o'clock in the morning, writing a paper over Macbeth. My mom was out of town and I'm sobbing on the phone with her trying to write the absolute best paper I can write. I bring it into class the next day. We switch papers, you know, how you do in school. And one of my friends who was literally number three in the class, I was in a class of 900 something people. He's number three in the class. He looks at me and he goes, this paper is better than mine. I get it back from my teacher and I have a 50. So then when it comes time to take the AP exam, she tells me I should not even bother taking the AP exam. Okay. Well, I took it and I also got out of English one in in college. college. Yeah. But I mean, just stuff like that where it's like you have to work 10 times harder. Um, Literally, there's not been a day of my life that hasn't been affected by being black. Well, when you were in high school, like the teachers might have been bad, but like the administration at least understood the plight of black children in their school. Right. And they they didn't. No. Did they ever like single you guys out and make you feel? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, my freshman year when they gathered all 30 black students in the school to see if we felt comfortable. Um, yeah. Did, did you was... tell them, I really feel unfucking comfortable <laughs> yeah. being all the black kids <laughs> in one area? feel comfortable, this is not it. Because <laughs> yeah. now it's obvious that we're not out there listening to them call us the N-word in right. person. They're just saying it behind our backs now. Well, and the other thing is like, I felt like because there were a lot of like mixed students at our school and they were you know included in this group and then like the only I only knew like maybe three other black kids and one of them was adopted by an all-white family so he didn't really have you know in his mind he was just like it is it is what it is um and so there weren't really a lot of other kids that I could like share experience with about like being black at our school. That just didn't happen. Well, and these are your like formidable years, right. as they say. Because I mean, like once you become a teenager, that's like, I don't know, I feel like that is the general time that you become the person that you are, at least as a young adult. Right. I mean, you can change some in your 20s, but like heading into college, you carry a lot of that momentum from high school with you. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. There were other, like I was thinking earlier today, uh, just about life lessons that I feel like my parents had to teach me that other for a long time I didn't realize that it was a thing that um they were teaching me because I was black I always thought that these are just things that parents teach their kids like I remember the very first time um I had a friend that had a sleepover party and we were supposed to go to the mall the next day and I remember like I was in middle school and my mom walking me through when you get to the mall, when you get in the store, whatever you do, do not open your purse. Do not touch items in the store. And I'm thinking like, okay, well, I've been in a store before, number one. I know exactly how to behave myself in a store. But then I remember getting going shopping with my friends and seeing them touch stuff and put on necklaces and 
open their purses and have full conversations and me thinking in my in my middle school head well clearly their parents just didn't raise them right not realizing that like m- the reason why my mom is telling me these things is because I'm a black kid and people already look at me when they when I walk in that store um so i mean it's just it, like i said it's a day to day thing it's lessons that I still carry with me. I never go into a store and open my purse. I never go into a store and just touch things at random. Um, But it's at this point, I understand that it's the difference between life and death. At least in your profession now as a teacher, like when you talk to parents on the phone, like they take you seriously though, right? Never. I mean, (laughs) well, yes, they take me very seriously until they get in a room with me. It is... I shouldn't say it's one of my favorite things, but I always find it interesting after talking with a parent on the phone and then them seeing the face that matches that voice and the shock on their face, because in their minds, this is clearly not how a black girl should sound. Um, I even get students. I mean, I have at least one or two students every year that say, you don't sound like you're black. And then we have to walk through like, well, it's because being black doesn't sound a certain way. I sound like Miss Lesher. Miss Lesher's me. Um, now I gotta edit that out. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I sound like Miss Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, no, but it's it's always interesting being in meetings with parents, and then especially when a parent sees me. Um, I was talking to Brian earlier about how like I even had a parent double down once and he was like, well, how are you qualified to teach my kid? And my assistant principal had to step in and say, she's the head of our department. She's fully qualified to teach your child. She's been here longer than any other teacher. Right. And And he even said she's been here longer than me. You know, and that that's that's the that's the saddest part of the, the comfortable racism in this country is it's it doesn't matter the the lengths of education that a black person achieves to some people right um it's it's absolutely abhorrent the way that people think that there are i mean in in their in the minds of racists right and individuals who aren't racist but are pseudo racist and they don't even know it um they see the person living under the bridge who's white is better than the person living on the bri- under the bridge who's black, right? Right. And then they see the individual who practices medicine. Uh, I'd rather go to the white doctor. Yeah. Right. Um, and the lawyer, I'd rather go with the white lawyer. Um, it's, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's not. And, and then in, it, on the flip side, they do this whole thing where I don't see color. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And, and these things don't align. They're all fucking racist. Um, you're not going to go as as a, as a white person dealing with a fucking, I don't know, a boating ticket on the lake. Why would you go to an inner city lawyer? It doesn't make any sense. Right. right? Like this isn't about color. It's about skills. And mm-hmm. if there is a very, very, very happened to be Ben Carson was a very good black neurosurgeon and he was specifying or specializing in something that you needed help with. Why the fuck does it matter that he's black? Like that's that's when race doesn't matter, right? Like I it's not it's in declaring oh. some skill set. Like it's it's the fact that white people who are racist or pseudo-racist determine things 
that they shouldn't be and they make assumptions that they shouldn't be making based on skin skin color and then when it comes to like equality they go well i don't mind going to the black lawyer and you're like yeah but maybe sometimes it doesn't actually make sense to go to the black lawyer you know like i think a lot of times people don't even realize that their behavior is racist like i told brian one of the absolute it is i the worst compliment i hate receiving it it makes me mad every time can i guess what it is yeah go ahead is it you're pretty for a black girl exactly yeah i i always tell brian why can't i just be a pretty girl it is always you're pretty for a black girl or or you're the prettiest you're the prettiest black girl i know it doesn't matter it why does it have to be that why why can't i just be a pretty girl that you know I absolutely hate that. It's not a compliment. Mrs. Brian. Mrs. Brian. Yes. I'll go on record. Uh, non-whites are 99% of the time, to me, way, way prettier than the fucking average Karen bitch. And this is not a declaration of like, you know. Uh, are you hitting I'm my wife right now? Like, That's my I, wife. <laughs> I find it I find it insulting that anyone was like <laughs> for a black girl you're like yeah are you seeing the basic bitch on the boat in Westlake okay yeah. cool it's like no culture whatever I like and this okay. is not yeah. like harping on on white people you know it's just the fact that like you could very easily say the exact same fucking thing and white people will get 20 million times more offended about it right oh. Right. Like it's it's just it's just it's 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 insanity. Like this whole thing's insanity. And now you've got these fucking evangelicals all of a sudden trying to jump on this bandwagon of yeah, black lives matter because that insult. And you're like, the fuck? Yeah. Where where have you been? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, what is this like? Tomorrowland? I don't right. Like, what, hey, listen, what are we? What, when Pat what are we Ro- doing here? When Pat Roberts is it Pat Roberts or Robertson? Who is it? Pat? No, it's Pat Ro- Roberts. Roberts, it's just when, Roberts. When he fucking yeah. said, "Not cool, Mr. Trump. Not cool, President Trump. Not cool." I was like, "God damn it! That that you no, you don't get to say it right now, okay? You can <laughs> no, think he it, doesn't. You could. <laughs> Like, well, and Pat no, Roberts is probably one of the most racist of them all. Exactly. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. No, he constantly, his fucking wife, right, with the perm that just, oh, man, don't even get me started. It is. Oh, uh, talking about Miss Cotton Candy hair? Yeah, the amount of fucking hairspray that goes through that family. Hey, higher the hair, I, closer I to half, heaven. 90, 99% of the fucking ozone layer was depleted because of that, that fucking show. There's okay. a a certain like sect of Christian woman and (laughs) they they, like plan to be, I grew up watching them on TV and there is a certain sect of Christian woman that is very like, although Tammy Faye was very open-minded, um, they are very Tammy Faye in like a heavy eye makeup, big hair. The hair is generally, A light shade of pink or blue, oh, like a, an off purple. <laughs> can we just yes. can we just can we call them all Christ splainers? Like, oh, for sure, for sure. I, I think it's just one of those things where everybody goes, "Hey, uh, you don't need to explain the Bible to people who've read the Bible." Well, <laughs> there is actually a, a name for this. It's called apologetics. Yes, and oh, yes, it's and a type of, or it's like a a common common thread through Southern Christian Christian theology. theology. So basically, especially in the South, Christians are taught in church based on apologetics. So apologetics is the, the 
um, the actor, like the study of defending the Bible. And yeah. so I was always taught because I grew up in a very um, Christian culture. Wait, what? Yes, indeed. Fuck. I so mean, I was always taught like these are the situations that you're going to be put in and this is ha- how you have to deal with it. I was told that like people in the secular world were going to offer me drugs and I was going to have to say no and like slap them with my Bible. Question, how yeah. many times in college did your professor say, if you believe in God, you get an if? Yeah, like I was I was told that in college I was going to have to stand up and defend my belief in God because some, one of my professors was going to say that God wasn't real. I was told Frank, that you like... Remember, you remember how many of those professors there were at Oklahoma State? right all of them right they all did that i was told that mtv was turn my camera on hold on (laughs) i was told that mtv was like next to the devil and um they played rock music that said satan is my god and like (laughs) (laughs) i i wish i was kidding these are direct quotes from my childhood these are all apologetics learning these are all apologetics so i also went to private school and like these were literally the things that we were taught is just I'm like, only I, I, I'm only frowning as a joke because it's the education up until I was twelve leaving South Africa was the exact same thing. Yeah, like it's it's a fucking joke, and it, it, like we we left right when fucking Harry Potter started becoming a thing. Oh, right? oh. oh. the Wizarding no, World Harry of Potter. Satan Potter. Harry, yeah, Harry Potter. In, in in the evangelical hardcore Christian realm, absolutely was seen was seen as like, I mean, if if you bought the book, yep. your hand was on fire. Oh, absolutely, like, there was nothing. There's nothing to be touching. That they book. were so, they were dressing up Satan and making him look appealing to the youth. Mm-hmm. And before you knew it, you were going to be in the clutches of the devil. Yeah, that's no because. That's, they, they, it, they always talked about like black magic and you're like, yeah. where, where in the Bible does it say black magic again? Like <laughs> right. nowhere. Okay. Oh, wizards like, and pointy say, hats. Where was that at? I will well, say my parents were very good about being like, don't pay attention to that. It's fine. But I, I remember mm. I had friend, I had a friend in fifth grade that now I'm a Judy Garland Stan. I love everything having to do with Judy Garland and I had said something about the Wizard of Oz, and I had a friend in fifth grade tell me that she was not allowed to watch the Wizard of Oz because of the witches and <clears throat> the monkeys. I'm raising my hand. And the fact you that had you had a grown ass employee that worked with you that was not allowed to oh watch yeah. Harry, Harry Potter. Was it Harry Potter mm-hmm. this year, Frank? This year, her and her husband were secretly reading Harry Potter and hiding it from their families because they were raised in these evangelical homes. And she's like, I love Harry Potter and I just don't know what to say to my parents. Their first date was at her parents' house or at his parents' house and his, they had rented, um, I don't even remember what it was, but it was something that just, it was like a Disney movie that displayed light witchcraft and the dad paused the movie and Moana. profusely apologized to her for exposing her to that. Yeah. Wow. 2019. So, hey, let's just quickly let's just quickly celebrate something, okay? Again, I th- I think we're going to see a lot more celebratory gestures gestures in the next uh, several months up yeah. until Donald Trump gets kicked out of office, then we will see sad moments. Like yeah. I, I feel like we're you know what I like, might actually beep that out. The name, just to be safe. 
Oh, Donald Trump. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean the president. Yeah, I feel like we're like at at the beginning of the down trajectory, right? Like we're dealing with like an exponential sloping. Um, so in honor of that, we should cheers. And also oh, yeah. the fucking officer that shoved a 75-year-old to the ground got fired. Good. And, and uh, is potentially going to be prosecuted. They're determining what they can prosecute him under. Yeah. Everything. Just he fucking make so, it up like assault. they do. Assault. That's assault. Well, it yeah. is at the very least. At the very least, at absolutely. At the very least, you guys are using your heads. I'm going and for murder too, because why not? Remember, just okay. give it to everybody else. He didn't die, so you know. You know. Okay, so here's here's the other thing I'll say. Right. <laughs> this was infuriating. Again, not not speaking as a person who understands everything, but um, they charged that officer in Minnesota with murder three. Yes. And immediately, I went and looked up the statute. Everyone did. It, it was insulting. Well, not right. everybody, no, apparently, because yeah. there was a significant movement when, and I mean, like, I'm, yeah, I, I troll on Twitter, okay? No. Um, when people, when people at, at piss no me off, cast I on fucking, Twitter. <laughs> no, no. Like, I've got enough cognitive ability to listen to my phone calls and just beat the shit out of you on Twitter. So, um, that's, that's called not multitasking, something I am ashamed of. <laughs> Sorry, what'd you say? I said it's called multitasking, my friend. <laughs> it is, it is. So uh, it, maybe my post takes a couple minutes longer, but, you know, it does happen. So um, it, uh, it it happened this past week where I was like, well, murder three, that's a fucking insult. That's right. Like, you, you, yeah. Why would you do that? Anybody else would be at least murder two yeah. uh, unintentional. Uh, and... You know, the amount of white people that came out and said, well, it it's OK because he'll at least face some jail time. No. You know, like Fuck that's that. essentially what they're. And I was like, you know, you could charge people with multiple counts of murder. Mm -hmm. You can go first degree, second degree, third degree, and then the jury can decide where it's exactly. at. But what you can't do is undercharge. Right. And then over and then insult everybody else's intelligence. Right. Murder three you, is I accidentally started driving down the wrong way on the highway and no, hit you no, and you actually, died. Actually, or, what or, murder three or is. Or I in, punched you and I accidentally punched you too hard and you died. And you in died. The, like, right. Complete accident. We, we were in a fight. In in like, the state of Minnesota, murder three was instituted along with four other states in the United States. Because right? those are the only ones. There are five states that institute murder three. Murder three mm -hmm. was, it was put in place in Minnesota to charge women who aborted fetuses. That's yeah. what murder three was put in place for but Minnesota, it, it, which, that's a whole so which is a whole quickly, other quickly fucked before, up situation. Yeah. Before we turn Minnesota into the least progressive well, state. Well, no, that was also no, set, I mean, it was also <laughs> set in the fucking they, 80s they, when Minnesota there was a weird time. Minnesota is entirely progressive in comparison Yeah, I was just going to say, they've gotten rid of the entire abortion thing. Like, yeah. That's, not, that's not a problem anymore. <laughs> little access to abortion. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, murder The idea that they strive for equity in their education system is like literally beyond what the rest of the United States is doing. Especially Absolutely. Texas. 47, yeah. baby. Yeah. 47. I'll just tell you right now, though, that that state is number 42 on the inclusion list. Um, so they, they better be striving for something. Um, they, they are very much a, a segregated community at whole. But um, it's it's good because I think a lot of people are seeing it and a lot of people are willing to work at it. And, and Minnesotans get shit done when they're presented 
was in like when you make one who hates being awkward super awkward they'll do everything necessary to never feel that awkward again right yeah so minnesota will get their shit done Here's what I my would, my yeah. my worry is the Dallas Houston San Antonio I think Austin will figure some shit out, but it's the it's the bigger cities in Texas where like the structural change is so massive right right yeah and the voting population is as well like Austin proper is not that big yeah yeah um I and, and I think that the 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 cumulative progressive vote will drown out whatever Westlake fucks want to do yeah. um. But it's my worry is is Houston's massive. Houston right? also and is a is an immigration pot. Yeah, like Houston has is. a lot of shit going for it, and one of those is being that they've shown in the last two years to be super progressive in the way that they they handle things up to and including bail reform, like doing away with cash bonds altogether. Uh, but here's 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 the reason why they've got Art, Art Acevedo. Yeah, said fuck, fuck the police union. Yeah. we're gonna do this. And Art Acevedo was—he came from Austin. He knows what he's talking about, right? Um, so, so Houston's very fortunate in that manner that they have a police chief willing to fight the union without the city council having to do it. They also have a district attorney who's on board with that, who doesn't go against mm-hmm. it. So that's why I said Houston. And honestly, the thing that I hope for Houston is that they have way more people registered to vote and actually turn out to vote, mm-hmm. because that will help them a ton. San Antonio. There's some other things they need to get taken care of. That's going to get real sketchy. San Antonio, for for people outside of the central Texas area, San Antonio is the biggest country city in in Texas, in my opinion. Outside, of, I mean, outside of Fort yeah. Worth, outside of Fort Worth, it is the biggest like cow town in the no state. No doubt. Uh, but there, the things that San Antonio has going for it is that they're far enough removed from the shit, the shit kicking of Dallas, is that they can form their own opinion and be fine. Dude, Frank, today Fort Worth had a goddamn giant protest. All I think it was either today or yesterday. It was fucking massive. And Fort Worth is like the anti-Dallas, whereas Dallas was on lockdown at the beginning of COVID-19. Fort Worth was like, we're still open and we're here to sell shit to you. And then when like 150 people died in one day, they were like, we're going to take a break, okay? Where's everybody going to calm down a little bit? But Fort Worth... Yesterday, like I said, yesterday or today had a giant ass peaceful fucking protest. Mm-hmm. They fucking shut down downtown. They shut down Sundance Square. They had a they had a moment. They hopefully will do it again this weekend, along with other big cities in North Texas. But you're right, Dallas is fucking scary because there's a lot of the diversity or the I guess the the distance in the ends of the spectrum it's, in it, Dallas. The power structure. The power it's structure. So fucked. Absolutely, Dallas yeah. is like. Rich, 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 ridiculously rich, or poor, yeah. poor, poor, and they are about two miles away from each other. Right, and and like, that's but that's that's what make that's okay. So it it could be a very beautiful thing for the city. It could be, and I and, will say and the mayor the, is trying to help with that. And that's that's all that needs to happen. Like it's if if let's keep our fingers fingers crossed that this was a legit change in white psyche because to me, as a white person who has seen people engage in a conversation that I've always tried to have. And I think Brian and, and Mrs. Brian, you'd probably back me up on this. Like I'm not a person who doesn't always try to make the conversation super awkward. So, um, same Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's that Virgo energy. Shut up. Stop calling it Virgo energy. Y'all are shit stirrers from the, he has always tried to bring up 
like shit that that uh, quite frankly like racism to me there's no there's no middle ground to it right so as a person of that nature the number of people who have reached out to me to start just an initial conversation hey what can i do what are the resources because we've had these conversations as white people and i've called them out on the fact that you can't do x y and z has been immense and this is not at all like all, all we can do is white people support, right? This is not something that we're not going to solve uh, community level problems. That's going to come from the community. Um, but in the end, I really just want white people to stop hating people of color and I want them to stop hating immigrants. And that's my role. And I've tried, I've tried to play that. And I think the amount of people who have, have not been enlightened, but have been more interested in fighting the same fight. Yeah. Um, even if they might have agreed with me before, I understand more um, lightning because that they're behind it, right? It's not like you're screaming into a holy void where no one's listening. It's more like, hey, I've seen you do this. I respect it. Can how 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 can I get involved? And that to me has led me to reach out to my um, uh, uh, black brown um, immigrant popula- population and ask them, hey. What are the resources that you guys are sending people? You know, like it's, and I understand that's sort of like kind of being on the backs and, but these are people who are just trying to get engaged. Right. So I think there's, there's levels of engagement and, um, the, the, the sort of very entry level fucking bottom basement dollar level is starting to, to, to happen, which is really, really important. What's interesting is that I, um, I'm also like you that I do not shy away from conversation. And so I think I, I think I married the female version of Frank. <laughs> <laughs> fucking wild. Um, but I have open, I always openly talked about politics at work and it has never been a discussion of yelling or anything like that, but I've openly talked about politics because yeah, I but think sometimes you get heated, right? No, like I, never, honestly, not at work. She never gets heated and she has the conversations that I would fucking, I would end up in handcuffs like, well, he stabbed the man 37 times. Hold on, uh, wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me clarify. Let me clarify. With people that you know, like family. Yes. Yes. I, I get heated. With yeah. well, outside people. With outside people, no. With outside, with, with outside people, I'm like, hey, kumbaya, whatever. Uh, with family, okay. I'm like, how the oh, fuck are you still doing I can't this? Let this <laughs> I can't let this egregious lie go out on our air. I've seen Frank argue with someone who was wearing the wrong t-shirt at a fucking like, <laughs> bar one night. Okay, so let's uh, let's be real. Kumbaya, my dick, okay? That, that has never had that has never been in your blood. I get, so, I get very passionate with family and people that I know well. I will say this. Frank is also the person that kumbayas with a Minnesota Wild fan and gets us all free shots that at is a true. bar in San Antonio. That's absolutely true. It was the wildest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> but I mean, so listen, it works both is, ways. It, is it not ultimately don't offend Frank? Is that what it comes That's down to? That's what it boils down to. Yeah. If if you've got some shit on, if if I swear to God. If you have a what is it Zimbabwe shirt on, you're gonna catch some shit from Frank. You're gonna <laughs> you're gonna catch a conversation. You, you don't want the conversation, but you're gonna catch one. It happens. Notice I didn't say argument. Okay, but no, there's it's not a lot of arguing, <laughs> but it is it is a heated conversation where my opinion might be more passionate than most. But I will say I think it's important for kids to see two adults or more that may have very different points of view. So the person that 
we always joke we call him my work husband at work but we have extremely different points of view on everything but the beauty is that he invites me into his classroom to talk about my point of view now, because we work in in the school that we work in, usually I have more students that are on my side, but it's nice for them to see that adults can have these conversations and it not be an argument. I think for way too long, Americans were taught you don't talk about politics and you mm-hmm. don't talk about religion. Yeah. And because of that, we are here. So I think that as long as we have these discussions and we do it in a way that's not just like screaming and yelling at each other, but actually productive, I think that's important. And when when all of this started going down and people were realizing that they needed to be active in their activism, I will I cannot tell you how many people that I work with reached out to me immediately and were like, what do I need to do? And it was all because I openly talk about what I believe at yeah. work. Yeah. I, dude, you know what I'm most jealous of is that you two, Frank and Mrs. Brian, both of y'all hold that same belief in that you can have civil conversations with other people based on polit- politics, religion, beliefs, whatever it may be, because y'all see the value in like espousing those beliefs and making sure so that I was going to say people... best bands of all time, but okay. 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 That's a whole different discussion. Uh, <laughs> but like, that's one thing that I, I don't feel as a, as a red blooded white cisgendered American that. Wow. I, you're just everything. I'm, I'm a fucking bag of wonder bread. I have, I was born with those, mul- those rainbow colored polka dots on my body. But like one thing that I, I really, like passionately hope for is the ability to do that. Because in my opinion, like I'm my job has not sent me back to work yet. Like I'm working from home when I, my, my biggest issue is when I do go back into the office, I know there are people that I'm going to look at and be like, you know what? I, I'm going to fucking end this meeting right now. You can go fuck yourself. Cause I saw all those 19 looting posts that you sent on Facebook and this dumbass, I can't believe a word that comes out of his mouth. He's a fucking idiot. This meeting's over and fuck you, Ted. Like that's basically that that's my, my outlook. Whereas both of you can have a civil conversation after the meeting ends. I want to fucking detonate it before it starts because none of it has value because he's a fucking asshole. Does that make sense? Like do, it makes sense. I mean, but like that's the that's the fucking that's the way I've navigated being a a white guy who has an open mind in in North Texas and Oklahoma. Like honestly. But what I realized too is that people are more alike than they are different. And that's absolutely, ab- ah. absolutely true. It, ah. I know it this sounds is that kumbaya bullshit. I don't want to No, it's, it's, not. It's, it's not. It's not. It's, it's cuz they're at in every conversation I've had, especially with someone who is pretty much politically op- opposed to what I think, right. there is at some point where we both go, well, yeah, I agree on that. And it's usually some, it's usually over one of the more major topics than it is over, you know, something that's supposed to be controversial. Um, you know, it's it's so in this past video, right, with George Floyd the moment people agreed was when he obviously said, I don't even know if it was, I can't breathe, breathe, but it was when he said yelled out for mom. his mom. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like, and then, and then the most devastating part is that his mom is dead. Yeah. You know, like it's, you, you don't have to be right in a conversation to make a point. 
Well, and I saw a sign that somebody was holding up at a protest that said we're every all, mom was George was George Floyd's mom. We're all here. Moment. We're all yeah. here because we're all the moms are here because he hollered out for it. Yeah, exactly. And I mean that it, it is true because it literally puts you in the position. I think especially for, um, you know, it, when. I think a lot of times when white people can imagine themselves in that same position and it's distanced from like, well, this is a black man when it is, what this is just someone that in? wants their mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is an understanding of like, Oh, well, yeah, I'm a mom too. That makes or, sense. Or like and I, then you I've, start to think about what if my kid was in that position? Or even like I've been in a position throughout my life where I've just <coughs> wanted to be with my mom. <coughs> right. I wanted to re- hit the reset button and be with someone who can take care of me at this like I, I'm at, it's beyond my control of taking care of myself well and no matter how old you get there's there are times where you want your mom you know I and, mean that's and to Frank's point it doesn't matter how long your mom has been has gone. been gone yeah it's your I mean everybody I mean, hopefully you've had close enough relationships where you've 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 found second mom somewhere whether it be a teacher in Mrs. Brian's case where you you are people's second mom like can you imagine what would happen if one of your kids, like that was one of your kids? Like I, I couldn't imagine if it was one of your kids and I don't meet these, these kids. Right. I, I, re, I live these stories and these, these emotions and their lives through you and your stories. And I'm connected at that level. I, again, like we, we, you know, uh, Parker talked about his reactions on, uh, our, our personal, like inner, inner chat about how quickly he would be burning down half the city. Oh, if that absolutely. Was one of his I kids. mean, if this, because I do consider like my students, I call them my kids because they are my kids. I'm just as invested in their lives as their parents are. Most of my students I see more often for more time in the day than I see my own child. Um, and so like to, to think that something like that could happen to the kids of color that I teach is absolutely devastating because i'm gonna tell you all kids matter uh, oh well yes all kids matter fucking um but the i mean just thinking in my head of especially the kids that i'm super close to the kids that have now gone on to high school that still email and Mm -hmm. still check in and send me videos and you know i could not even imagine losing one of them and I, the just the devastation it would be absolutely horrible yeah it's you know i i, I don't i don't think this has a middle ground no like i think i think that the, the 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 problem so there's two things that again uh white people need to look out for because this is all i can relate to right? right like i can't i can't tell you what the moves that are what the the fight needs to be about like i understand that the 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 sort of initial pejoratives of the fight but um i understand also that as as a long-term commitment those aren't going to meet the end need and i'm in it for and always have been for kind of true equality and what you're dealing with 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 regards to education and and, and financial lending standards and, you know, like this fucking, these big picture ideas. But yeah. if you feel like you're going to die at the hands of police, like, why are we even talking about those? Right. right. Like it yeah. doesn't make any sense. We have so, to have a foundational fucking yeah. equality. Across yeah. Everything. So just foundational equality, equality is kind of the fight at the moment. But 
as a white person, um, <clears throat> there's kind of three things you can do in, in my mind. And I'll let Mrs. Lesher expand if, if, if she thinks there are more. But initially, it's like the financial power in this country lives in white society. And you need to utilize that to the best efforts that, that you see fit. And I understand a lot of people currently are focused on bailout funds. And that's important because right. we need boots on the ground. But going forward, it needs to be community foundations. Absolutely. It needs to be, um, and 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 you know, it it. I I don't mean to kind of backtrack on that and say, I I wouldn't personally donate too much money to the NAACP. They have some entitled grants at that level. Like find find a cause in your community that you believe in, that supports a local, like, <clears throat> non-white community. It doesn't have to be strictly to, to 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 black communities right like if you're if you're in austin and the majority of your non-white community is mexican donate to the mexican community right like it's just support minorities because they're all in trouble economically right? so i saw a girl today on instagram <coughs> that i follow um and she's color me courtney and she does she's a a disney stan and she, yeah. everything she does is like based on color and whatever. But one of the things that she talked about is amplifying voices that are in like your niche, what you like to do. Yeah, and yeah. she said, you know, I don't know about being a, a doctor. I don't know about being this. I don't know about being that. But I do know about being a fashion blogger that loves Disney. And so she's amplified all of the brown voices that she's seen that are also Disney lovers or fashion bloggers or whatever. Um, in doing that, like dance is something that I did for a very long time. Something I love to do. I found in Dallas, a community called Brown Girls Do Ballet, and it is literally a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping brown <coughs> girls dance and they buy shoes, their scholarship programs, and it's not only helping them dance, but getting them to a professional level of dance, which I mean, yeah. Unless you're, you don't see anybody that is a professional dancer that's brown, Besides, except for Misty Copeland. Exactly. Right, and and she's huge to the brown community of dancers because that's not who we saw growing. up. I was mm-hmm. gonna say and that goes to what we believe in our household is you are what you, or like you you are what you see. Right. Which is why we do our best to show our daughter people of all colors doing things that she enjoys doing and that's what i was gonna the point that i was gonna make frank to your when you were talking about it earlier about what white people can do white people can be fucking allies so when other other p other white people see us doing that it's exactly what you're talking about like they believe that okay frank is doing this frank is speaking out on this i i believe the same way he does maybe i don't feel comfortable doing it but i've seen him do it I should do it too. Even like the other day we went out on our family walk and we were walking on the backside of our neighborhood and our daughter looked up and she saw another mixed girl mm-hmm. and you know, our, <laughs> our family waved at, at the girl and her friend that were sitting in the driveway. But our daughter looked at the mixed girl and she said, I like your hair. And the girl said, you know, thank you. I like your hair too. And so our daughter said, thank you. And, um, I, when we got home, I asked her, I said, what did you like about her hair enough to say that you liked her hair? And she said, well, she looked like the same color of Brown that I am. And she had curly hair and I have curly hair. And I told Brian, like representation matters. Like the fact that our kids saw someone in the (laughs) neighborhood that she thought looked like her gave she's four years old and it made her passionate enough to be like, Hey, I like your hair. Yeah. You look like me. 
That's a huge it, deal. So, so in the end, right. Point number two, lend your voice to things you believe in, right? Like if, if, if you can relate to someone, for instance, uh, come education, right? I'm sorry. Mrs. Said, Avery, you, Mrs. You Lesh, said Brian. <laughs> fucking Just say it. Say Christ. every name. Do you have her social security number with up. you? <laughs> you I, was, I was trying to stop now because you, you, you were you, breaking, you're up. breaking up. And all oh, we okay. heard were all fucking names that. I did. I uh, did. Any name that I can be identified as. All my AKAs. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, I stopped them all midway. Okay. No, I, no, I, no yeah, complete pronunciation. The jumbled up version of those names completed themselves. Oh, <laughs> uh, damn it. <laughs> Unreal. Anyway, your, your second point. No, what I was saying is, is, is so if, if, if you have a skill that's actually kind of refined, right? So, uh, I think most of us here do, um, if I think all of us, actually, I don't think most of us, but yeah. if you have an, an avenue that you can, you can assist non-white people in general into, into getting into, right. Then you should do that. And I hadn't thought about that before, but, um, I think I'm, I'm going to start to do that because I did, I mean, I, I've helped a couple of people kind of do the whole track to get, to get to, uh, uh, investment banking. And I, I'll, I'll try to specialize, specialize that more into a community that, that, you know, I don't think really receives that kind of attention and, and, and that kind of help. So that's definitely like, if you can't donate, try to specialize, um, and, and focus those skills into those areas, um, yeah. for, for individuals who don't have access to it. Absolutely. Um, if you look around your profession, <coughs> to your point, Frank, if you look around your profession, you see a bunch of people who look like you, you need to do something about it. You be you've got to, yeah, you've got to start doing something. It'd be, that's one of the, the best things that, <clears throat> I don't know, what I like about being me at my office is that anybody at my company can come and talk to me. Absolutely anybody. doesn't matter if you're the pariah of, of whatever uh, hometown that you're at. When you, when you come by my desk, you can talk to me. And mm-hmm. by taking that attitude, doesn't mean, and, and I've caught shit for it. Like, why are you talking to him? Like, I, I've caught shit for it in the, in the years that I've been with my organization. But in that time, I've also had so many fucking people come by my desk. Right. And I've, I've seen that population, like, diversify to the point yeah. where, like, seven years ago when I, joined the, uh, when I joined the company, I never thought that I would be working for a woman. A, a, a young woman, honestly, and the fact that you know we take people seriously regardless of what they what they look like, what they what they are on a piece of paper, we take them seriously for their skill set. Like that's something I'm hyper proud of. Absolutely, and I will say that's one thing that I do appreciate about the campus that I'm on is that we have such a diverse staff. And I mean, Brian, you've seen just in my department. Um, cause it's fucking I'm insane. ridiculously close to my department. I love them. But, um, it, it, the amount of diversity in my department alone is pretty much a true reflection of <coughs> our staff. So I have been very, and it's one of the many reasons why I've stayed at the school that I'm at because the school that I came from before, there were three black teachers and that is it. And two of us left to go to the new school. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so, I mean, but it was like, they're just the three of us and, you know, we're holding it down and there were no black students. Um, yeah. So, I mean, just to have the diversity in and be able, that kind of opens the door too to be able to have these discussions with coworkers because I know that I'm not the only one experiencing it. One of the best things ever is, you know, one of the teachers that I work with and I have sat down and talked, uh, how our parents have both raised us in the same way because she's a black woman, I'm a black woman, and we can kind of commiserate over the experience of like, these are the lessons that our parents taught us. But in doing that, also educate our white coworkers that may not hear this anywhere else. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I mean, it's unrelatable, but it's absolutely understandable. Like it's, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, I hate to say it, but from, from a cultural perspective, I probably come from the most <clears throat> race, well, race-based background right of yeah. the last right, half, yeah. half Raci- century racially influenced for sure and it's it's not like it's not easy to back history and sometimes you feel like you're overcompensating but at moments like this um i feel like i'm frankly undercompensating right like it's the amount the amount of pain that racism has caused to individuals of color is unfathomable to an individual who is not um, a minority. And if you start looking at it in that light, um, you're going to be in a better position, not only to assist, but to, to uh, 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 correct your own race, because um, it's honestly like, I, I think point number three to me is the biggest assistance that, white people can have in this fight we're not we're not going to tell a black minority owned business what to do with their money that's not your position that's not your job right right um you're not going to tell a black minority community um what what their funding for social housing projects should go to right not your job not your spot but you can and it is absolutely your job and it is absolutely absolutely your spot to have uncomfortable conversations, um, and it, it's 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 something that if if you have the courage to do, the more you do it, it gets better. Um, but have the uncomfortable conversation with a fellow white person, um, and preferably start with family because for some reason those bridges are really hard to burn, even though they're really fucking racist. Mm. Um, go ahead and have those conversations and you can work um, out that work out the kinks on your family. And then when you go yeah, outside, it's <laughs> exactly, you know. exactly. No, it's true because if Bad you haven't had a conversation before, I guarantee you having that with someone, not your family, it goes South quick. Well, and like, because it's like, if, 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 if you get called a racist as a white person, it's almost like fucking Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Like it's like, it's just a death fucking, kiss yeah, get out of here. We're not doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, so if, if you, if you, uh, if you do have those conversations, do start with your family because you can, you can, both of you will have more patience and additionally, um, they'll be more understanding and you'll, you'll get questions instead of insults. Um, and those questions should 
assist you in tuning the message? Like the message is very simple, but it is really difficult to deliver to someone who has been able to, because of their race, dance around the message for centuries. Like it's, it's, I, I have had hundreds of these conversations and still to this day, someone will bring up something and I'm like, fuck, hadn't thought about that exact scenario but you know like there's always something that'll derail it but be 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 very 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 steadfast in your conviction there is no room for racism in this country in this world um people need equal treatment under the law under the economic system and under capital um and that last point is more important at this moment than most people would believe because the first two um we will win, and if we don't win the last, the, the last the, uh, nothing will matter. Oh, so um, we're if you don't get equal treatment under capital, nothing matters. I feel like you have a unique perspective in that, like you're white, but you're also an immigrant, and you're also someone that has clearly experienced this before. I think most Americans' association with like race issues is like, oh yeah, the fifties and the sixties. Um, not acknowledging that any of that is happening currently. Or, yeah, I was going to say, under fucking modern times. Right. Um, But I feel like because you have the perspective, especially the perspective of being a kid, while everything was going on in South Africa, I feel like that, like, it's such a unique blend of things to be able to offer advice to other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I honestly, like, my advice is very much limited to the white crowd. Like I, I, I don't want to pretend like I understand what it means to be hated for your skin color. I don't know that. Right. Um, but it's, it's, it's the things that I see that white people perpetuate Yeah. that I have seen and that I do understand that pisses me off quite frankly. And it, it, um, if, if I could end with just one, one quick story. So today um, on the Austin uh, South African, uh, in Texas page. You, I'm uh, sorry, you, you broke up, but on the Austin South sorry. African Facebook Yeah, in the, in the South, South Africans in Texas Austin page, right? Like it's like a sub page. Um, they, uh, an individual started selling uh, Black Lives Matter masks okay face masks and it's just i mean you've seen these around it's not like you know it's just supporting while also wearing a mask so uh the very first post was all lives matter and all i said was well you know i did the 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 convenient thing which i clicked on the guy's profile and the very first thing that he posted was essentially a diatribe of political hatred, including race hate. And I said, well, apparently you agree with that unless they don't agree with you. And, you know, uh, then all lives don't matter. But this turned into a 102 comment thread, which Brian would not be surprised by. No, not at all. Um, I actively participated in almost every comment. Um, Good good for you. (laughs) No, but but, but it's, it's, if I could do that, in a community, and I, I know it's not relatable to, to pretty much anyone listening, but I grew up in a very racist society, right? Like, think about a racist level of the American South without losing a battle to the North, right? Yeah. You just kind of seceded, and everybody was like, oh, okay, but you're still fucking racist. So 
that's the society I grew up in. And the 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 level of vitriol thrown my way, right? No water off my back. I don't give a shit. I support a cause. I'm going to support it. Brian knows. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> in the end, it's like the, the, the comfort is the concerning part. Right. It's the comfort in this racist belief um, that still has an incredible amount to learn. And luckily today, I've gotten more messages privately, not not in public, because not a lot of people like doing that, right? Like, I, I've got no problem because I'm so comfortable that my friends, my family, my work, everybody that I know will back me up in these statements. Um, I don't think a lot of people are in that spot quite yet, but the amount of messages I got saying, hey, thank you for saying that, um, I thought the whole group was ra- was racist. And my, right. my, 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 my whole intent in calling out the racist, not only one, multiple, was to show the group that not everybody is racist. You know, like we as South African Afrikaner especially get grouped into a group that I'm not a part of. Like it's it's hurtful to me that people, when they hear about my culture, and it is like at the core a beautiful culture. It doesn't have to be a racist culture, right? It it like it's 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 hurtful because it makes you feel less worthy, right? And in that small moment, I'm like, fuck you. Like I'm not a part of you. You're not a part of me. There are two different Afrikaners, I guess, in this world, and one is still a racist. Um, so if, if, if you're not willing to have those conversations with your family, um, you really need to consider if you're willing to go through with this fight. Um, because if you're not at that point, you're not fighting, um, as a white person, that's, that's, that is your job outside of donating money. You're not there to solve the issue. You can't. You have never ever been in front of a police officer fearing that they will kill you. Right. You have never been in front of a loan officer being judged for the house you're buying um, uh, based on the color of your skin and the amount of money you're asking for. You've never been there. Right. So there are smart black people in this world, and they will tell you what needs to change in those communities for that. You can support it. You can offer additional perspective. That's okay. Don't... just don't come to the idea with the idea. Don't mansplain like, to people. That you doesn't. Yeah. And it's honestly race splaining at that point. Like yeah. don't, don't, don't tell another community what they need, but support what they ask for. Yeah. And, and, and then, and then ultimately hold your own fucking people account, hold them to account. Cause mm-hmm. this is, this is not going to work unless white people are willing to call out fucking white racists. And yeah. it's the worst fucking feeling you'll have, but it's no nowhere near fearing for your life when a cop pulls you over. So I, you know, look at if it you equate as, it to that, you'll be all right. I uh, can can equate it to I don't have to, like if if we take care of this problem right fucking now, Mrs. Brian and I will not have to fear for our mixed race daughter some point in time down the road finding herself in a situation exactly like that, yeah. looking at herself and hating herself for being targeted by police and then looking at herself also uh, being and hating herself for the person who's putting the boots to her or her friends who looks just like dad. And yeah. like, I can't, I can't do that 
as a as a person. I definitely can't do that as a father. And anyone who thinks otherwise is going to hear that exact same explanation of like, I'll be goddamned if my child is raised in an environment where that is even a possibility. And, uh, or the it, possibility of not loving herself because of who her mom is. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you, you, you can't, <clears throat> there's a lot of things that go on, uh, the, a lot of discussions that have been had in our lives. Absolutely. Um, with our families, um, with random fuckheads at retail outlets who decide to come in and ask, why would I ever have an interracial child? Why, wh- what are we going to tell the child when they grow up? Are they going to be white? Or are they going to be black? They're going to mm-hmm. be a fucking person. How about that? Yeah. And like, it's a, well, okay. So like literally the only definition of, of what is happening right now is look at what the fuck the president said. Right. And if you still support that piece of shit, you don't understand this. Right. No. Because, he literally said yesterday, I devoted 25%, no, this morning, 25% of my speech at a fucking space launch that wasn't even to space. It was to the ISS. Right. Yeah. And didn't mean Low shit. Orbit. Exactly. Everything had happened before. You just needed to dock the thing. Okay, cool. That happened. Um, in a moment of like fucking absolute, the worst moment in this country, right? In our lifetimes. He's like, yeah, I devoted 25% of that speech, which was a monumental achievement for mankind. No, it wasn't, but okay. Um, I devoted 25% of that to George Floyd. Okay, if you think that race relations in this country, specifically uh, 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 black community relations to your Gestapo at this point, um, is worth 25% exactly of your time. Yeah you're missing the fucking boat. Like you, you just don't, it doesn't matter how many fucking like photos of, of you with black leaders or photos of cops kneeling with your supporters. Like none of that shit will matter in the end. It like it's, it, it shows that you have no idea what you're dealing with. You're very comfortable in your prior, uh, Racist beliefs. It just is what it is. To me, the cops that are kneeling too is like super performative. Like it's, we don't need that. What we need is for you to actually change some shit. We don't Absolutely. need you to like kneel with us or link arms with us. That's not what we need. And it, like in that Kiki Palmer video, when the other girl is like, will you at least kneel with us? Kiki Palmer's like, that's not enough. I need you to actually walk, walk with, with me and protest this shit. I was going to say, that is that is one thing that... Uh, but that's that's also like, again... Can be performative, yeah. Yeah, you can, you can take five you, minutes like, out. Yeah, let's... let's if, if we're going to make a rum and coke, <laughs> and, and, and the rum and coke is the goal, right? That fucking kneeling, that's like... Two milliliters of the 40 that you need to make this rum and coke. And then that walking with me, that's an additional three. So we're at five mils of the the the, the 40 mils that we need for this drink. Yeah. Right. So I, that's why I like I do like uh, some police chiefs who have gotten on like Art Acevedo and mm-hmm. Houston yeah. is one of my I, favorites. Let, let me tell you, Art Acevedo will solve this fucking shit. He's quicker. a real one. Yeah. He, he knows what the fuck needs to happen. He like the the the, the police officers and, and chiefs who speak out and are willing to be recorded speaking out. Those are the ones that I'll fucking I'll, I'll listen to. I will say the one in uh, I think he was in 
Cleveland or Cincinnati, the one who's got high spiky hair and went on fucking MSN or CNN and like a snakeskin suit the other night. That dude is very suspect, but Ohio's got a long way to go. I got a fucking lot of shit to do. Or maybe it was maybe it was Detroit or Michigan. I don't know, fucking somewhere up there in the up there. Is Ohio for lovers or for racists? Remember that song? No, you weren't into the emo culture. Never mind. Wow. Okay. So, all right. <laughs> I'm being emo baited by my wife right now. This is bullshit. But I think I think we can all agree, right? Like it actions by white people yeah really honestly the most you can do at this very moment is be boots on the ground donate because you have the power in that capacity right support when you're holding politicians to account so when there's a meeting to show up to at city council just fucking flood them uh, and then the most important in my mind as a white person i don't know how 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 non-whites feel about this but Check the fucking racism at the source. Yeah. Yeah. Like, stop with this bullshit where we're uncomfortable calling out our grandmas. No, that's how this keeps going. Um, I'm just done with it. Like, I saw a video of these kids at Westlake jumping over a fire after downing a beer. And honestly, like, this kid... And he is a kid. He's 18 years old. Is he the LSU incoming freshman? Yeah. No. He, he, needs, he needs consequences, if only that it sets an example uh, for the remaining individuals who consider yep. even uttering that word. Um, and I'm sorry if he's the sacrificial lamb and he's from West Lake. No, I don't really don't give a shit. Sorry. No, yeah, I get that. A, not, a, not a real <laughs> um, apology. <laughs> I'm saying uh, it's, 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 it's what's needed. Like if you saw all of the outrage and your response was jump over a fire after someone yelled at you, calling you the N word, like you're fucked. Like take a year, figure it out and then reapply with an apology. Um, and, 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 you know, redetermine your shit. Um, it's, 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 it's abhorrent that people sit around thinking that any of this shit is still acceptable. Um, there's no level of racism, no level of uh, a comedy accompanied with racism. That's acceptable. Yes. Um, it's not, it's not a thing. And if, if white people don't hold other white people to account, it's just, you know, like you're failing. It's, you you can't be, in in this moment and then still not do that like it's i'm also it's your duty i'm also gonna say this like if you hear uh, first off if you don't have people of color around you you fucking check your shit look at what you're doing with your life so if you see people of color around you speaking out against something as well and it's something that you feel like oh i've always accepted that Take a second look at what you're doing yourself mm-hmm. and uh, and listen to what the people around you are saying about it and take it to heart. Because again, like it, it, you're right, Frank. Like if you hear something, if you, you see racist, call the racist a racist and mo- and and move a, move on, but at the same time like take a take a second to inter- like take a look at yourself and your own actions 
I'd like to think that the people here on this podcast have already done that and have already kind of weeded that shit out. But every now and then, you catch yourself saying something. You're like, oh, I probably shouldn't fucking say that. If I believe this, then I should be more conscious of what that may, how that would make someone else feel. Doesn't like it doesn't take that much effort. You shouldn't be so fucking deep rooted in the way that you talk or the way that you like the humor that you find funny to actually just remove it. Because honestly, humor is not humor if like if it is singling out anyone. In, and I in, will say that's a conversation that we had probably within our first two years of marriage. About three weeks of marriage, honestly. <laughs> it was a real difficult time. We went to a comedy club and we were listening to some amateur comic. Yeah. And he spent a good 10 to 15 minutes just tearing down black people. It was in Fort Worth. Yes. Uh, the, one mm-hmm. of the whitest cities in North Texas. O- oddly enough, honestly, if you're an interracial couple, go to Fort Worth. One of the nicest cities to be in because no one there acted like we were anything weird. Whereas in Dallas, we would get weird looks and shitty comments from both races. Anyway, go on. The <laughs> shitty comic in Fort Worth. But, um, but I mean, like this dude went in on black people. And I remember sitting there literally being the only black person in the room. That is true. And having a whole room of people laugh at stereotypes that they think that your race does. And, but also having to have the conversation with Brian of like, it absolutely offends me when Mm -hmm. I am in the room and people are making these jokes and they're not even true. I don't even remember what he said. It was so long ago, but it was just so offensive to me because I, I told him, I was like, put yourself in my shoes. Imagine being the only black person in the room and everybody is laughing at your race for something that you know isn't even true for everybody in your race. Guys, I got to be honest with you. I was a real renaissance man because in that argument, I was like, but it was, it was funny, though. The pe- people laughed. He did. Um, I, you just got lighten up a little bit, babe. And then on the way home, I realized, well, that's probably not the best answer, honestly. No. It yeah. uh, had nothing to do with the the berating that I received for the next 35 minutes, but it was justified Mm -hmm. regardless. I mean, there are several things that I've had to like break down to you in terms of, and and it sounds bad, but it's like, I I will be the first person to also admit like this shit that she's talking about that she's breaking down is shit that I've literally heard my entire life. And I've seen no uh, seen and heard no issue and the the way that those things were presented. When I explained to you we were no longer watching the NFL, I that was a that one was tough because I like the sport of football, but at the same time, like. But I explained yeah. it in a but way. Then, that but then, like, hold on, Brian discovered football. I did discover <laughs> exactly. that actually. Odd timing, but that is exactly when that I really got into Premier League. I, I put all my like 12 percent effort of NFL into Premier League. No, the, it's the way dude. I explained hey, sorry, it. Sorry, hold on, wait one second. June 10th. I know. June 10th. (laughs) All right. I know. (laughs) The way I explained it is like, we both loved Remix to Ignition. Remix to Ignition was a bop. Well, I mean, it was, quite frankly, it was hot and fresh out the kitchen. It was hot and fresh out the kitchen. Neither one of us listened to R. Kelly anymore because we don't morally agree with the 
absolutely child, hideous things that he's done. Child so raping then, being exact, one of them. Exactly. So then why would we support the NFL when we don't agree with anything that they've done? Just like we wouldn't give our money to R. Kelly, why would we give our money and time to the NFL? It doesn't make sense. Tell them. Tell, the people, tell the people what tell happened. Them. When I explained it that tell the, way. Tell, no, tell the people what happened with R. Kelly. What do you mean? Oh, when we went to the concert on accident? <laughs> Are you talking about that? Yeah, anyway, what did you say about the NFL? Um, but when we when I explained it to Brian that way, it was like the light bulb turned on and he was like, "Oh, you know what? You're right. If we wouldn't give our time and money to our Kelly, why should we be giving it to the NFL?" Yeah. So, you started pirating the NFL, NFL right? just like we did with no, our Kelly. Absolutely not. We did not. We did I mean, not do no, any of those. No, things. we didn't do that. I mean, if I pirate it, it doesn't actually give them the money. I'm being told we I hold on, I'm put my finger in my ear. I'm being told that we did not do that either. No, not even oh, okay. in moments if we forget and someone starts like humming an R. Kelly song, we're like, "Oh, nope. We don't listen to that anymore." Yeah, no, I agree. So so it, it, honestly, you're right. So it's it's align yourself with the causes you're fighting. Um, and it's, it's, it's been refreshing. And I think Brian and I are both very comforted by the fact that, uh, FIFA as a whole has been very anti-racist. Hey, they suspended entire ass teams. Okay. My friend, if, if, if there's no football, uh, I don't know what I would do with my life. What's their policy on women getting paid equally? One fight at a time. Slide into those DMs real quick. Listen, hey, listen. <laughs> Megan Rapinoe can't be on every no, fucking team. Okay. Also, also, that's only USA Soccer. What a so, lady! Yeah. Oh, no, in in in, in uh, Premier League and uh, La Liga specifically, I don't know about the rest of the leagues. The females, women, as it were, um, get paid uh, commiserate with revenue for the club. So they they the amount of revenue they bring in, they get the same share. Um, as the male players, and then they negotiate based on that. How so much revenue do they bring in? Twelve dollars. No, it's it's quite <laughs> large. So I think the top female Barcelona player, I want to say she makes somewhere in the neighborhood of nine hundred thousand dollars a year. Christ. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, how much does? Oh, never mind. I'm not even gonna fucking bring that up. I'm not, I'm not how much does Megan make? No, I was gonna. No, I have to worry for about being it. a badass. No, don't worry about it. No, but outside of this country female soccer gets paid a lot more like it's it's like multitudes more um all right it's not we- yeah so it's all in all right like soccer i think they're, they're fighting the good fight that's not soccer's not the problem in the nfl yes um if you're looking at fucking uh it's holy I shit mean, the highest paid female wait on the highest paid female on FC Barcelona is like $12 million. Shit. Yeah. Holy shit. What's the highest yeah, it's paid not, female in let's not, let's not get this, man. You're not the gonna, USA? You're not going to find that. If you want to... Yeah, no. USA soccer, don't look at it. Yeah, if if you want to be... If you want to be entirely enlightened, like if you want to stand at the Everest and just swipe down at everybody who's like, oh, but I watched this and I watched that and I watched this... If you want to be at the pinnacle of just absolute equality, tennis, watch tennis. 
Mm. Uh, tennis is the absolute pinnacle of earnings equality in this world. I actually when it comes to sports, and it was all because of Billie Jean King. I, I, King, I physically cannot watch tennis. It's I love tennis. It's something dude. like my Oklahoma and Texas comes out of me, and it, it puts me to sleep. It's I, I, honestly, playing tennis. Like, I love playing tennis. Tennis it's is fun. very relaxing to watch when it's time when it's bedtime. <laughs> hey, oh I'll tell you, hand, hand of God, as they say here in Texas. Uh, as far as watching it, it's probably my favorite sport to watch on the TV. I um, enjoy watching the soccer on the television set. I do too. I do too. I, but I mean, you know, Brian, for me, most sports are really close in enjoyment. Like I get into them very much equally. <laughs> like, Can not- I just start following things with, as they say here in Texas? Yeah, as they say here in Texas. The stars at night are big and bright, <laughs> clap, as clap, they clap, say clap. here in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, All right, as so, they hey, say here in Texas, dos cervezas por favor. As they say, Avery, as they say here in Texas. I mean, Mrs. Brian. Christ, yes. we've given up. <laughs> She's going to be out of uh, this episode. So, okay, before we head out. We should have headed out about 20 minutes ago. We should, we should, we should. Um, did, did I miss anything that white people could additionally help out with here? No, I mean, here's the thing. I told Brian this this morning. I get really upset when people get picky about how activism happens. If you are speaking out, if you are doing your best, because here's the thing. There's even been moments where I felt like, well, am I enough of an activist? And like, I'm someone that's living the experience every day. If you are, are saying anything, that's enough. Like, everybody does it in different ways. Sometimes it's social media posting. Sometimes it's actually saying something to someone, but everybody does it in different ways. And to get mad that somebody is not doing it in your preferred way is absolutely asinine. I will say that may work for your like fellow black people, like point of view, but I'm, I was just about to st- yeah, I, I, agree I 100% agree that if, if, if a person of color is taking a silent uh, approach or like a reflective approach, I 100% agree with that. But mm-hmm. I'm going to err on the side of where Frank was probably going to go of the see something, say something, fuck your feelings. This is the, this is the shit that we have to change right now. But you know what? I think this is the time for that, that swap to happen. Like, you know what? You hand us the baton, like black people, the white people hand us the baton. Let's beat the fuck out of white supremacists yeah, with said baton. Yeah, we're tired as hell. There's no, there's no burden it. on your end. <laughs> you've done this. like, like you've done. The thing is, is well, the thing is, 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 is we know them. Yes. Right. Like it's, we it's, also know how they work, which is fucking beautiful. You can exactly. deconstruct it so easily. I mean, the thing is, black people know how they work too. Yes, I know, but here's the deal: white supremacists don't fucking don't listen to black people. Well, let's say, yeah, well, let's, start, let's start with that. Is the fact that when you go, oh, that's just another black person talking. Mm. But you know um, what? My so doesn't work. My aim has never been to get at the white supremacists, and I think it's because in my mind, like. Everybody is not an American history X story. The likelihood that you are, you know, curb stomping black people and then like you go to jail and change your life. To well, me, oh, that seems there like, was a there was a rape scene involved between. Them. Yeah, like, I mean, there was a lot that happened. But the whole to me, it seems like that is a very slim like if you're if you're wearing a white hood every day, like I'm. Don't Here's worry, I'm not trying to talk to it, you because I don't think you're going to change your mind. Here, my my aim is to go after the 
quote unquote, like what MLK would say, the white moderate, the people who see injustice happen, but won't say anything because it makes them feel uncomfortable. That's the target. But here's the deal. Mm -hmm. White supremacists no longer wear hoods. They don't identify themselves as no, but what I'm saying, you can, a a black person can spot a white supremacist a mile away. So so can a fucking progressive white guy who grew up in Oklahoma. You You can also see, no, you can also see, he thinks, no, I can't. You can also see the shit that leads to that thought process 10 years down the the road. Yeah. So, so I, I, we, we all agree here. Like, uh, I think Mrs. Brian needs to go harder. Person. Okay. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. The most dangerous individual in, in the white supremacist realm is not the person who says the N-word. Right. It's the individual right. who justifies. It's the individual who goes around and says, but what and well, if we don't know. What and if, why not? What, if this right? so, what did they do to get themselves locked up? Exactly. So so that's, that's the fight. Like I, I think we all have already determined that the KKK is not going away right. and they're, they're not the problem. Like right. they are a problem, uh, but that's not the fight. The you're, amount you're of people not gonna, in the KKK that are going to reform though, is like, not you're, that's about. a different yeah. fight to have. <laughs> like they're like, well, what's the tattoos going to cost? Right. Like it's, <laughs> I mean, the, Jesus, the barrier so, entry. Well, I got to get like, paid on the 15th. Yeah. So that's right. Well, it's yeah. like, how <laughs> often do you hear those American history act stories where it's like, I used to be a part of a major hate group, but now I've completely that's not turned how it around. works. Well, the mass media would tell it's those all, but, stories, but, but, but but Minneapolis shows you exactly. that that's not how it works. Right. right. So if, 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 if Birmingham and Mobile taught people that racism was overt, that was the first battle. If Minneapolis teaches anybody anything, it's the danger of suppressed racism. Absolutely. It's, it's the fact that you might not be a racist, but the way that you vote in your community and the way that you send your kids to school and the way that you happen to go through life supports systemic racism. The, and the way that you interact with people of color. Yeah. Exactly. And the way that you feel when they're near you, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's a much more deep sense of reflection. And quite frankly, I, I think it's, it's amazing that, that in, in, in a movement, right? And this will be my last thought in a movement where people could have been angry and they had every right to be, and they could have been frustrated and not explained. And they could have been so heated that, um, your participation could have been shunned. It was inviting. It was, um, supportive. It was understanding. And the first thing they asked you to do as a white person was to listen and to go read some books. Yeah. And if you've ever participated in a movement, that's not a normal reaction. Yeah. Um, so if, if, if you at this point don't feel like you want to commit, that's on you, but history will not look kindly upon you. Um, you, you can choose to participate and choose to, to, to reflect and admit that you're not perfect, no one is, um, and commit to the fact that you'd like to strive for equality. Um, and we probably won't get there in our lifetimes. Um, but it's it's a commitment and it's a movement. 
and 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 do realize that this is probably the the easiest entry level expectation to a movement you're going to get um for something that's just fighting for what's right yeah absolutely man um mrs brian is there anything you wanted to cover before we before we sign off no i mean i just um i think everything that we said tonight here was was good yeah, I think I'm going to break this up into two parts because this is a this is a a, a beast. But um, maybe I'll do it like back to back days. Maybe yeah. we'll do that. Um, yeah, we can we can like do some intro. Yeah, you know. that's that's why I'm trying to get off here now so I can cut those before yeah. I go to sleep. Uh, Mrs. Brian, thank you for coming on You're and welcome. being with us. You're I mean, welcome. I know you had to travel a long way. The living room is about 25 feet from Indeed. here. So and I was crafting tonight. I know you were. She's making her wreaths. Actually, I was. I, I'm more concerned about the distance from the room to the wine cooler. Right. Well, this she, is nobody left behind. There's nobody left behind. Oh, you did Frank. She need not worry about the wine fridge because she just drank almost my entire bottle of Glen Morangi tonight. Not almost. I did not. Two thirds. Anyway, no, we shared quite a few sips. Mm. And then have you I, been tested for COVID-19? Okay. I don't want to chance this. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm just going to play this out here. Um, I, I had a wonderful time tonight. Um, I encourage people to le- legitimately listen to what uh, Mrs. Brian and Frank had to say tonight. They're two very different people um, who share a same perspective on how to grow, and I think that is that's a unique a, u- a unique thing to have uh, on a beer podcast. So if you've listened to this this part, uh, I, we appreciate you. And uh, we want to make sure that you know that you have resources you can reach out to who are not going to judge you because you already listen to this shit. So we know you're good people. And uh, you should also know that you're good people in your heart. So when you're reaching out to people of color or you're reaching out to people who are just different than you in any way, uh, make sure that uh, you know that that if, if your heart's in the right place, you ask the question, the people who are listening will give you a legitimate answer, who which will be helpful. Does that make sense? Did that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. It does. Yep. All right. Well, um, speaking of, you can always find us trolling over at No Beer Left Cast on uh, Twitter or at NBLB Beer on Twitter as well. Almost uh, exclusively devoted to racial trolling. Yes. Uh, at NBLB Beer uh, is where you can find some good uh, black beer Twitter content. Um, I try to I try to like retweet and elevate voices that I hear in my niche of uh, beer um, and and diversity and inclusivity in beer. Uh, also over at No Beer Left Cast on Instagram. I've been pretty quiet over there, but you know what? I need to be. I, I need to, I, I've been spending some time talking and listening and, and and hopefully improving myself. So, And if you're looking for something a little more lighthearted, check out the Punky Podcast. Yes, at Punky Podcast on Instagram and on your favorite uh, podcast app. There's going to be a bit of a shift happening over there. So if you're already exactly. following it's the new Punky Podcast, there's some things in the works. Can't for, wait for Can't Brian wait. here in North Texas. I'm out. This is Mrs. Brian, and I'm out. All right, we're going to end on a light note here. Brian, did you uh, happen to hear about the mathematician that was afraid of negative numbers? Was he irrational? No, he just stopped at nothing to avoid him. I'm out. Boom!